do not adjust your radio dial. You are tuned in to the Mark Order Podcast. Join the Mark Order. You know what that means. Time for the Mark Order Podcast. Here on the Shining Wizards Network. Guys, it's episode 51. 51. Five one. And I think I said it last week. I told everybody to enjoy it while it lasted. Because the four course people of the Mark Word Apocalypse can't seem to keep it together long enough to stay on the air. And uh, we're back down to the top three of the Mark Word Podcast. I don't remember what name I came up for us, but we'll just call ourselves the top three. The uh, Holy Ron- Mark Order Trinity. Oh, that's right. Didn't I come with the Holy Trinity of the Mark Order Triumvirate? I think so. Something stupid. If that's not what it was, it is what it is now, my friend. Well, there you go. I have to go back because I definitely titled one of the three-man shows something like that, like the Holy Triumvirate or the Trinity or something. <laughs> I like the Triumvirate better. It's it's better, and it's not as sacrilegious. I guess not. Um, So it's uh, Ant Money here for you on a Wednesday night. Uh, Kate the Great is here with us this week. Not sounding like a robot, so that's good. Ryan Schlong has got it going on. And I found the name. What was it? You t- it was episode 36, and you called it the Mark Order Triumvirate. Triumvirate. See, I, I knew I'd do something like that. In the brain head, my friend. It was way back in the, the back of my brain the as dome. I'm losing the words. Well, folks, it's lovely to have you all here. Uh, if you're here looking for Matt, then sucks to be you. Um, just because you're looking for Matt, not just because he's That's not terrible. here. You did something yeah. wrong in your life. I don't know what you're doing. If but, you're um, not Rhiannon and you're looking for Matt, something went wrong. There's something went wrong there anyway, but that is true. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely out of his league. So was um remind me, was there uh wasn't there a shitty um a shitty faction in the E? Was somebody called Slapjack? retribution was there a slapjack in retribution slapjack and well the the mark order retribution sleepjack is not here tonight <laughs> um, in all in all truthfulness uh, we won't throw him under the bus too hard tonight uh matt is uh working a night event and then he has to get up at 5 a.m to do another event and go straight to a noon event so sucks to be matt right now but um hey that's St. Patrick's Day. Hey, Aaron Gobrales. 
Hey, oh, wasn't that I, a wasn't that a Michael Scott? It it had to have been right. I don't if know why that would stick was, in my brain because Aaron Gobra. Yeah, my goodness, it's, it's St. Patrick's Eve, so make sure you're leaving your best stout on the table for the leprechauns tonight. As they leave you some gold or something. I don't know. I, I don't celebrate this holiday. That's so exactly, somebody would have to tell me, is that what you do? You nailed it. You leave a stout out for the leprechauns who come into your home and leave um, lucky charms and gold and four leaf clovers behind. That is how St. Patrick's Day works. So. Now, here's something for you both. I don't like lucky charms. I really don't like any marshmallow cereal what you is don't like hearts stars or horseshoes clovers and blue moons pots of gold and rainbows and me red balloons i would rather have the actual cereal than any of those marshmallows what's the matter with you Seriously, i just who hurt you as a child I'll, I'll tell you why because when i was a kid the first time i had marshmallow cereal i was expecting mini marshmallows like the soft mini marshmallows that you would put into you know hot chocolate and i got those free dry freeze dried turds in the cereal and it's i guess rubbed me the wrong way ever since that's what she said there you go that I is a great quote i celebrate two holidays um fourth of july and yak shaving day so if it's not one of those two holidays, I don't know what it is. Nobody got that reference? Nobody? Anybody? Yak Shaving Day? Nope. If you get it in the chat, you win. But What do they win? Day. Free stickers from the Mark Order podcast? We'll tell you how to get those later. Um, <laughs> uh, but I will... Uh, we So we do have some other stuff uh, to... Uh, to get to before we get to like AEW business tonight, uh, Zachary uh, gets it. Yak shaving day, Ren and Stimpy, Asian Joe, he gets it. Thank you. I was Thank not you. allowed. When Kyle I was K. Sparks allowed. got it too. Kyle K. Sparks, I missed it. I'm sorry, Kyle K. Sparks. And Marky Mark is now getting it. Seems to be people. Go. I just was not a Ren and Stimpy guy. I was not allowed to be a Ren and Stimpy gal. So it looks like. Um, it looks like Kyle K. Sparks, Zach, Asian Joe, Marky Mark. Uh, and I'll give it to Eric F2 coming in a little late, but he gets it. We're going to have to just uh, do our own Ren and Stimpy podcast. You win free stickers for the Mark Order podcast. No, 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 no. We so, sent out stickers. So wait, I got a question here. Kate, yeah. did you go right from like kids cartoons to South Park? Like, was there no intermediate for you? Correct. It's, it's absolutely ludicrous that I was watching South Park. I would watch with my dad. My mom obviously didn't know like the extent of how bad South Park is. But South Park and BattleBots were on back to back in the OG. I remember days. that. But... Yeah, but I would watch it with my dad. And if it was like too egregious, my dad would turn it off because he was a responsible ish parent. But yeah, I wasn't allowed to watch Simpsons, but I was allowed to watch South Park. But it was like a, it was like a. We're not gonna tell my mom, right? Right. <laughs> I'll tell you this. Um, I was allowed to watch uh, Ren and Stimpy, and then there was an episode on uh, where uh, no Ren's cousin Sven comes, and him and Stimpy are like getting along famously. And there was a board game 
called Don't Whiz on the Electric Fence. And at the end of this episode, Ren is so angry and says, uh, oh, Don't Whiz on the Electric Fence, huh? And he pisses, he unzips his pants or his fur and he starts pissing on the electric fence and you hear it. You hear the pee and then it zaps him and they all wind up in hell and the devil's there and he goes, so he whiz on the electric fence, huh? And then that's the end of the episode. My father saw that, stood up, turned off the TV and said, that's it. No more Ren and Stimpy. That's exactly how it went down. No lie. I kind of get it. So, well, you know, Ren and Stimpy was supposed to be an MTV show and they passed. So, sure, let's put it on Nickelodeon. If if you really think about it, you had on Nickelodeon, Rocco's Modern Life and Ren and Stimpy. They did not fit. Rocco's Modern Life is my favorite Nicktoon ever. It's not an insult, but I'm saying they did not fit the rest of that lineup. It well, Rocco was a, se- a phone sex operator. No, he well, wasn't. At one point, yes, he was doing something to make money, like, and he was on the the line. And he goes, "Oh baby, oh baby, oh baby." See, I, I own the whole box set. Wasn't Rocco's Modern Life was one of the first like that really genuinely aimed at adults and kids, right? They were the first like we're going over the heads of kids. And it was fun to have really, really dialed in on it. But like they were, they were, <laughs> Mrs. Mrs. Money Mike gets it weighing in. Cause I remember that much. I remember Rocco's Modern Life being something that was like, we're going to pop the grown ups who are stuck watching this, but the kids, it's going to go over their heads. But like Ren and Stimpy was just like kind of pseudo adult humor, right? Like there was not, yeah. it was just yeah, like and- not appropriate. And I believe Chris Mueller's on here. The original three Nicktoons, and I don't know how we're on Nicktoons. I'm sorry. But the original Nicktoons were Rugrats, Doug, Ren, and Stimpy. Um, And of all of those, Ren and Stimpy definitely was not for children. Correct. 100% not for kids. Think think about that. You have Rugrats? uh Uh-huh. And then Ren and Stimpy. And Doug. Yeah, but I'm, I'm even saying, like, Doug, too, is very much for kids. I'm not saying it, but, like... You have a cartoon literally about babies. And then yep. Ren and Stimpy. Baby's gotta do what a baby's gotta do. So true. I'll I'll say this. Looking back at the uh at the Nicktoons, there's a clear point where it's like that is beyond me. I don't understand it. People in the chat are talking about Invader Zim, never into it. Uh Cat Dog, that was a later one, never into it. Rocket Power, not into it. Those hey are some Arnold of the ones was like, the the cornerstone of that. I feel that's like, probably right? right where I cut off. Hey Arnold and Hey <laughs> Arnold is another one, Kate. If you were to go back and watch it, there are definitely some gags for adults that the that kids yeah. wouldn't get. Grandpa you was know, like a little bit of a. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're man. you're you're that like couple years older than Kate and I that would get you out of Hey Arnold. Like that would be like the cutoff for it. I still watched it. But it, it, that's like the last one. Yeah. I even like I, I was into Ah Real Monsters too, but that was that's like right the, the sleeper same. pick. That is, is the sleeper, not a cartoon. But do you guys remember Wienerville? Love Wienerville. Stick Stickly. Stick St- oh, American classic. Remember Stick Stickly, and you could mail him like letters or whatever. What one away? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Every once in a while, I'll catch Mrs. Money singing the Stick Stickly address song. Um. But yeah, I mean, uh, 
I don't know how we got onto this, but uh, oh yeah, Kate. So I wasn't. So Ren and Stimpy fell off there, and then it was like South Park and Beavis and Butthead. I wasn't supposed to watch. I taped them every week. Everybody in my house knew that I taped them, like set the VCR, and for some reason it was okay. And people like my mom bought me like Cartman T-shirts. I remember she bought me a shirt where it was Cartman. Oh, sorry. In uh, in his little like uh, muscle tee. Uh, that said beefcake on it. It's fantastic. I feel like everyone had one of those or the respect by authority. Yes. I can remember a lot of those. Uh, I'm, I'll go look at season two of South Park. That is a murderer's row of episodes. Oh my God. So good. You get the, the, the Pokemon. I think there's the, uh, the rain, uh, the rainforest one. Where they go uh, to oh, save the rainforest so through the gift. With Sally Struthers? I don't yeah. know if it was Sally Struthers, but they're going to save the gift forest with a gift of song. <laughs> oh, 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 that. Wait, Getting gay with kids the... is here. That's what it was. Was that the one with, with, with Marklar? Uh, Marklar? No, no. No. That was the. That was a little bit later. That's uh, Sally Struthers is Marklar's. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Someone brought Boy. up Kyle Sparks brought up uh, Kablam. I do remember. I was Kablam. wanted to reference that Kablam yeah. was great. Kablam is what I still think inspired Robot Chicken. Yeah, oh, that probably. Be- but then they spun some of those off into their own shows, and it didn't work. Like the um, what was the one with the superhero action figures? Worked better as a short form, not a half hour show. Oh yeah. What were they called? Yeah. Uh, I don't remember. It was part of Kablam. But yeah, so Ryan, you're right. Like there's a, I'm a little bit older than you guys, but my brother is younger. So I, you know, a lot of the stuff he was into, I just sat through. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not even dealt with. It was just like, I'm just going to watch it. You know, no, it's crazy that my sister and I looked back on a few years ago. Remember David, the gnome? Yes. I watched that every day. It was Tom Bosley. To David the Gnome is straight up environmentalist propaganda that they were like pumping into seven year olds. It's well, look where we are now, Kate. It didn't work. Maybe you shouldn't have used a gnome because it was not very effective. He wrote a fox. He did write a fox. He wrote a fox. And he, the bad guys were those like trolls, but if they stayed in the sun, they turned to stone. That's right. Holy crap. Yeah. Good and he had those shoes you could climb up the tree with. That I remember vividly. Yeah, Ryan, that's what, definitely... what age was this for? Oh, I was I was I was little. My brother wasn't even here yet. And that okay. wasn't a that wasn't a Nicktoon. That was like in the days where Nickelodeon, uh Mrs. Money has it, he rode Swift the Fox. Swift the Fox, there you go. Uh that so was Ryan... more a Lydia vehicle. That was my sister. So it would make so, sense that I was a little older. Your sister's older? She is. Okay. Yeah. So then that would make sense. That checks out. So yeah. A so big Captain Schlong. Planet gal as well. Captain Planet. I was a, I was a big Captain Planet boy and she's older. I had the full Captain Planet outfit with the muscles built in and everything. He's our hero. One time in my life I had a six pack. But see, when I was a kid, the, the show on Nickelodeon that we'd watch that was for kids was Eureka's Castle. Oh hell yeah! It was that was again one of my brothers because he would watch it all. That was in the midday, and I remember the only time we'd see it is in the summer. And when you were homesick, that was like my go-to. Eureka's Castle, Gullah Gullah Island. 
Ugh, go on. I still remember the theme song. Mid, mid, Gullah Gullah Island was mid. Just, I'm just calling out. Okay, Come mostly in. I also want to talk about my nails. Let's play together bright sunny part. weather. Let's all go to Gullah Gullah Island. Gullah Gullah Binya Binya. <laughs> That's all I remember. Mid, mid. Um, guys, I got Batman nails. I well, I I'm not. I don't want to talk about your nails, Kate. I was trying to get to this, and then somehow we got into South Park, um, and cartoon talk. So let's steer it back. No, he wants to talk about her nails for a character that she's. I did not know she enjoyed at all. She doesn't. She's just into what's going on in the, in the culture. I I actually haven't seen the Batman yet. So if you have, no spoilers. I'm gonna try to see it. I think maybe on a Tuesday. Well, and I, I have fortunately have to give you one spoiler. His parents die. Fuck you, Schlong. Why do you ha- love spoiling things? Sorry, I just Rude. thought you should know that. Rude. Um. So, uh, Kate, I do want to check in because you did have an event this weekend, didn't you? I did. Did you do? Wait, or is that next week? Color commentary. Oh, I was supposed to do it this weekend, but because Binghamton is a snowy tundra. Uh, they got six to 10 inches of snow and oh. I was not able to make it there, but I will be back there next month, April 9th. Um, so my debut postponed, but I will be back. It's okay. So you can't handle six to 10 inches. I can't That's take what six we heard. To 10 inches. So, uh, I will say this then we have until April 9th to work on a new word for Kate to work into commentary. I, I was wasn't bum fuzzled how I was going to do it. Like I had no idea how I was going to make that happen. Last one was so last minute. I just wanted to get it established. Now we have time. Kate. F- well, first of all, some of those were way- like, we have to do something better than bum fuzzled, but Kate, come on. I- that's an easy one. If you ask me, because something crazy happens and you're like, I am bum fuzzled how he pulled that move off. That one's not bad. I could. Okay. It In fairness though, it was also her first time. So I didn't want to, like first no. time give her the insane words no, no 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 i'm not talking about things that are over the edge you know and pushing blue and stuff like that but i'm just saying things that we would know just you oh, know yeah. may- maybe are a little outside the lines but now we have multiple shows i was just trying to get some established so we'll take time on this one and it doesn't have to necessarily be a twitter we can think of it and give her a Very nice true. fun word um eric f wants to know how do they wa- how do we watch excite uh kate when you're back with the promotion you can go to twitch.tv backslash excite. Um, I think it's excite wrestling, but they are on Twitch. I'll have it promoted like crazy the next month. So, <laughs> but yeah, they have a, a good little Twitch channel. I was in the chat this time around since I couldn't be there in person, as was Ryan, as were a couple of other people, which was really fun. It was a decent show. I just feel bad because it was like their 10th anniversary show, too. And I mean, they got killed on walk up, of course, because. It was in a snowstorm, but if you cancel it, then you're screwed. So um, they were put in a tough spot, but they pulled off a really good show. Tommy Dreamer was there. Friend of the show, LSG, was there against uh, Matt Cross. That was great. Maybe your friend. Friend of the show. We all watched baseball together. Yeah, I guess we did. That is friendship. Ryan wasn't there. Yeah, well, Ryan chooses to opt out of a lot of the shows that we go to. Thank you. But actually, whoa, whoa, hold on, hold on. This was that actually show? that was before your time, Ryan. Yeah, I'll, I wasn't invited that to that one. I that was pre me. So in your face. There you go. Ryan's a pre me. Hardly knew ye at that point. But you knew me. I did. 
But you were you were just in your infancy as a Mark Order member. You had not earned your number yet. But uh, are you going to go to WrestlePro? Because I know Mrs. Money's going to have an interest in going to WrestlePro because a certain abj man with a nice face is going to be on that WrestlePro show. We I had two choices for Saturday night. Uh, 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 fuck. Um, Depeche Mode. <laughs> That's a good choice. Dep- fuck Dep- is it? It's a great choice. choice. Um, uh, I would take that one. Uh, Depeche Mode cover band, at, or Tony Nese Bonerthon. Uh, uh, at the Rawway Rec Center. So we're going to the Tony Nese uh, Bonerthon. I asked if she was going to take her telephoto lens with her camera. She said, no, I would like to focus. Coward. So I'm surprised she didn't take it, then hand it to you and be like, all right, you take pictures. I'm going to watch. They would be awful. She's much better than I am. She did chime in in the chat and say, boing. Because yeah, she fucking she did. Rolled. These were this was the exact <laughs> the exact text to me was Tony Nice Perv Time or Depeche Mode cover band, and I said Tony Nice Perv Time. Well, fr- uh, Friday night we have tickets <laughs> to uh, to Glassjaw uh, and opening is Folly and Incendiary, so that it's going to be a busy weekend in the Money House. Um, but Friday night's really my thing and then saturday night is uh her thing tony needs chippendales night <laughs> yep yep <laughs> so we will be at wrestle pro i will be at wrestle pro in rawway new jersey saturday if anybody here is there please come say hello because i don't think anybody's gonna be there i might i might go kate please come along i will bring my lens to take pictures of your wife watching tony needs <laughs> <laughs> the drool just going down the, the side and the best is that um the few times that he's been on dark and like she's caught like she's seen it and she's like oh well like want to watch dark tonight i'm like oh he's on right <laughs> so um we'll put it on and like you know the boy will still be awake so baby money's still running around and all she wants to do is sit and watch Tony Nice in peace and quiet. Probably for the spank bank. But um, all she wants to do is sit and pay attention and watch Tony Nice. And that is the absolute time that baby money will go and be like, hey, mom, 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 mom. And Mommy, she's like, Ma. please leave me alone. <laughs> I just want so to. So now she's uh, going to go in person. See them abs yeah. up close, baby. Well, Rawway was the one that that was the uh, that was like the initial one that got her hooked because she had seen him on TV like wasn't maybe he wasn't even wrestling when she had seen him on TV. She's like nothing special, whatever. And then she saw him in Rawway and it was literally <laughs> like it's not even good wrestler. OK, she does think he's a good wrestler, but um, it was just like in the cartoons when the wolf's eyes pop out of their head and the tongue rolls out. <laughs> You know, and they turn into a steam whistle. Yeah, it was just like that. So she did also say, "I will most likely die from the hotness." Um, so just like, I guess I'll be a widower then. Thanks a lot. All, all the best to both of you. I hope she ends up being okay. I hope she comes out the other side of this from all the hotness. We'll have water. We'll bring fans to cool her down. 
We'll be, a I'll, woman died in Rahway tonight from what we believe is excess hotness. <laughs> from yeah. excess from heat. abs. From excess abs came yeah. the excessive heat. Yeah. It was the yeah. heat from the abs. Um, yeah, Kate, we'll be there. I guarantee you, we'll be there in the stands. Every time I'm like, did you get front row seats? She's like, no, 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 no. Like, those are sold out. I'm like, just get goddamn front seats, man. Like, let's do it. Get close. Get close, man. And See then I'll abs glisten up close, G. And then I'll be like, "Do you want to meet him? Like, I'll pay. I'll give you know. I'll pay for the picture and the meet and greet." And then, oh no, 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 no! She gets, she gets very starstruck. It's very cute. That's adorable. It is. We know some people at Russell Pro. There might be some strings we can. We know. Pull yeah. To make her blush a lot. I mentioned it to one person I know at Russell Pro a couple times, but every time he's like, "Oh, you're going," I was like, "Never mind." You know who I'm talking about. I do. And he forgot I was going day of one time and said he would set aside a ticket for me. So that was yeah. the thing. So. <laughs> All right. So you'll catch Kate at X site uh, in April. So stay tuned for that. We'll have to figure out a word for her to say. Um, you'll catch me and Mrs. Money at WrestlePro Saturday night. And you'll catch um, my nails right now. All right, Kate. Well, are, you want to talk about your nails. So just... Well, we were Tell talking the about story. cartoons, and they're just Batman nails. And why? Great. Why Batman? Why wouldn't they be Batman nails? But why would they? Yeah. Because I just I thought they were fun, and I'm not that into the DC Marvel world. But like, if I am into anybody, it's Batman. He's by far the coolest. And I saw them on Pinterest, and they were neat. So I went and got them. And I had a couple designs and I asked Twitter to vote on them. They overwhelmingly voted in a landslide for the ones that I ended up getting. And they came out wonderful. It's a poser move. Kind of. I, I got exposed as a fraud by a little kid there. That was really funny. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> there well, was a little kid. Please tell that story. Oh my gosh. So I go in. It's a new nail place because my other one shut down during COVID. White girl problems, I know. And there's just this poor Asian lady who I showed the picture to and she's like, in way over her head but she puts two and two together that this is like batman and this little girl probably like nine years old who was doing homework in the corner comes over and is like you're getting batman nails and i was like i am and she was like you like batman and i was like kind of like i was straight up wasn't gonna pretend like i was like i'm not like super into it and she just a exposed me for being a fraud she knew everything there was to know about batman and B made me feel like an anti-feminist because she started to tell me why I should be getting Wonder Woman nails instead of Batman nails. Oh, shit. <laughs> and I was like, she is going to be president someday and the world will be in a better place. But it was so funny. I was like, I'm God not damn. pretending I'm like into this like hardcore. I was like, I just thought the nails looked cool and Batman's kind of cool. But uh, she came correct with her Batman information. But she also thought I was very cool for getting them. And then she just kind of went back to doing her homework. It was really so, sweet. Here's a question, Kate. Do you um do you do like polls? Like, what should I do for my nails? Should I do this or should I do that? Well, yesterday I put one up. Um, but you when you do the polls, you can't do pictures. So it wasn't like one of the like percentage votes. But I was like the left or the right, and then people were like overwhelmingly the left one, and I was like, all right, so that's what I did. Well, next time you do it, we should pick out a theme. Uh, you should do re something wrestling related. 
I well, I had really great the first time I went on the Jericho cruise. I had the best because I had acrylics. So I got amazing wrestling nails. I had one with a bunch of oranges. I had a champagne bottle for Jericho. I had like a really, really fun one. Didn't you have an MJF one? I did. She did an insane Burberry nail. Nice. Holy crap. Um, but we'll do wrestling ones moving forward when I want to get design design nails. That'll be fun. Oh my goodness. <laughs> All right. Well. And then you can, because you you dabble in the Manny Petty, though not the painting part. Well, I was uh when we went to Connecticut a couple weeks ago, I think I had mentioned that here. I'd gone to Connecticut for Mrs. Money's birthday a couple weeks ago. And we got petties uh, because the last few times we were going to get them as a group, we never did. So uh, I just had to do it. Uh, and um, I I was going to have the lady paint my toes. But I think she looked like, ha, 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 no, 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 like that's a joke. And it never happened. Mrs. Money got hers done, and I was like, I'll do the same thing. And she was like, ha, 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 and it never happened. No way! I totally would have. I totally would have. Oh, I wouldn't do my I wouldn't do my fingernails only because I don't know how that would go over at my government job. Yeah. But I've never had a manicure. I certainly could use one, though. I have a feeling if they work the magic they do on my toes, my fingers would look amazing. I'm sure they would. Anyway, let's shift back to wrestling because I have a feeling we're losing people by the second. Um, so we do have to uh, talk about some big news that happened in the wrestling world. Unfortunate news. We lost Scott Hall. Um, uh, Razor Ramon, for those who don't know. And if you don't know who Scott Hall is, that's your fault. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, uh, Scott Hall uh, broke his hip and had emergency surgery. And during that surgery, there were complications that led to three heart attacks. And he went on life support and unfortunately did not uh, make it out. So it was uh, quite sad. Uh, But, um, you know, I figured maybe we should talk about it because it was big news. And uh, I know for me, I mean, you could see... uh, I got razor hanging up tonight. My chalk line. That was the first chalk line. That's the one that was the, that was the tiny bit. That was the key bump that got me in. Um, <laughs> the can of worms. That, that a big one. <laughs> the, the closet back here has a, a number of other stuff hanging up, but you know, I don't know about you guys. I feel like obviously now that he's gone and seeing what, uh, what he did for, to sort of help the industry change. Right. Um, that's what a lot of people talk about, but man, his days is Razor Ramon, the first ladder match for the intercontinental title with Shawn Michaels. I mean, that's, that's what I started with. And then when he went to the outsiders and and WCW, that just, that was like gold for me. I mean, I'm interested in seeing where you guys came in on, uh, Scott Hall. I mean, Schlong, were you in on Razor Ramon or was it really with the outsiders? Because I know you were a firm WCW guy. No, I wasn't firm. I, I mean, WCW was my the one I would put on first. But I watched the Fed, so I definitely came in on him. Um, his he was feuding with One Two Three Kid at the time, and had their famous crybaby match, which I still call a diaper match because that's all that really mattered about that. But so I I loved him as Razor. I will say, <laughs> if you go back and watch around that time period, his major feud was after One Two Three Kid was with gold dust does not hold up at all. (laughs) 
So don't go back and watch that. It's not his fault, like, but just saying. Um, he and then of course when he went to WCW, that's when everything, you know, changed in the wrestling world. And then you know, following him later in life, how he got himself together and his story was, you know, yeah. It wasn't until I don't. I think it was the, the documentary about him or something told about how he um he killed that guy outside that nightclub in justifiable self defense. It's not like really must have taken a toll on him in a way I don't think people wanted to acknowledge. But you know the situation was forced on him and he was he was forced to do something no one should have to do. I'm sure that was a demon he fought for years. So it was pretty impressive he got his life turned around. So to lose it because of something as stupid as falling and breaking your hip. It's just, it's brutal. Yeah. It's a tragic end to some, uh, a tragic ending to somebody who worked so hard to come all the way back. Right. And, um, just sad. I mean, um, you know, Asian Joe said here he was first introduced to Scott Hall as the, uh, as the diamond stud with DDP. Um, you know, I know that that existed too, but I think to, to a lot of people, their first exposure was Razor Ramon. The first big one, Kate. Did you come in to Scott Hall as Scott Hall or Razor Ramon? Because I know I mean, you came in late to wrestling. Yeah, I didn't really come in until pretty much after he was really done. I, I started watching in '09, so uh, I always try to be a student of things. So, like the weird thing about not watching in real time is you understand his impact on the industry, but it's not the same as if you're watching WCW and WWF in real time, right? Like yeah. such a different thing, but I mean, the industry completely changed because of that. And there's been so many things that have been credited to him. A lot of people say the bullet club would never have existed if he didn't do what he did. Like NWO would not have been cool without him. Like so many different things. Yeah. I saw Hispanic wrestlers tweeting, like, do you know how cool you have to be for, to pretend that you're Cuban and for Cuban people to just be like, it's fine. Like (laughs) that he was doing this gimmick, which would never happen now, but he was, he really was just so cool. Um, I watched a lot of, there was a really cool docuseries. I don't know if it made it over to the CAC, but it was very, very cool. It was just about NXT. Um, and it was on the WWE network. I forget what it was called, but it was very cool because it was chronicling people that are megastars now. It had like very young Bailey and Becky mm-hmm. and like all in the early, earlier days, Serena Deeb in there um, and Sarah Delray as trainers. And he was in there and they just showed him like leading promo class. And you were like, God, he really, you could just see and hear how great his mind was for wrestling in it and how valuable he was to these kids. And um, you know, a lot of people have been, I think now you're starting to hear more and more about because now it's a part of a legacy, I guess, like how, how great of a grasp he had on that side of the business and how important it was. And a lot of stuff from that era does not necessarily hold up super well. You named the Stardust or the Gold Dust feud as one of them. Yeah. So it is like tricky. You always have to kind of watch on a curve, I think, but, um, I said, you know, I always try to be a student and go back and watch stuff. And I watched by a lot of people's recommendations, uh, Razor and one, two, three kid versus Shawn Michaels and diesel. And man, what a fucking match. Like 
just so well put together. Everybody knew knowing exactly what they were doing. Like so, so well done. The pacing was perfect. It, it was, and I'm not like anti-flippy-doo, but like so what well-orchestrated chaos. And now I'm like, oh, I, I get a little bit why people complain about things in AEW. Like still overkill when people complain about it, I think. But I'm like, I understand like how well the fundamentals of that were executed going back and watching it. So um, a great match to check out. I know a lot of people have been, because that's what you always do in these situations is circulate those. But it's just very sad when something like a simple hip surgery um, is what ends up taking someone out who, yeah, you feel like was almost immortal because of the things that they overcame, right? And then it's something, it wasn't even a heart procedure. Like this was this was about a hip. And uh, right. I think that can be your drug use catching up with you when things like that happen, unfortunately. So sure. it's such a, such a shame. Um, but he did live a hell of a life in the years that he was here. It's just sad that some of what could have been his best got taken away because he really, really like, to get his act together and the thing circulating the most was that hall of fame speech where he said that uh hard work pays off dreams come true and bad times don't last but bad guys do like what a what a perfect line um yeah. to summarize who he was i think it was the best thing that you could have had in tribute to him yeah you know um it's uh it's crazy only because um you know, well, first of all, so many, so many people from everywhere, every, you know, both sides, AEW, WWE, every promotion, you know, uh, guys were, were putting out their words, you know, for, uh, for Scott Hall, you know, he, he really did touch so many in some way, but it's amazing to, to see, like you said, Kate, like the bullet club might not exist without that, what he did. And it's so true when you look at what happened. Now, Shlong, you were watching live during that era, right? Yeah, so was I. Shlong is shaking his head. Sorry, I didn't mean Sorry, to I hit you. Up, you, you hit me right when I was drinking water. Yeah, that Sorry. was... I started in end of 95. Right. So, you know, to to watch it happen live... So you could certainly go back and watch it now, right? But if you weren't kind of watching the industry at that time live, to see the shift that happened when he showed up and jumped the rail at WCW, Kate, my mind, my young mind was exploding because I, I didn't know if it was real or not. That was what made it so different and cool. And that was the start of that reality, you know, sort of wrestling, right? Like the gimmicks went, you know, the guys, the fucking superheroes were gone. The guys in the, the costumes, none of that shit mattered anymore. And then when Hogan turned, forget it. It was fucking over. So it totally shifted the industry. We wouldn't have guys who could just be themselves now, or I agree with the Bullet Club, because I think the Bullet Club learned from the mistakes of the NWO and how WCW kind of ran it into the ground. Everybody was part of the NWO. And or the not everybody... where they all faced themselves. <laughs> well, it's not even that they faced themselves. They had matches, but the referee was an NWO ref. And they were surrounded by NWO fans. Who do you think is going to win those matches? <laughs> you know, but they still lost a couple. So put that math together. Well, I mean, Bischoff, Bischoff says it all the time. Oh, he wanted to create WCW versus NWO in literally like one show, like kind of like SmackDown versus Raw, one show of WCW, one show of NWO. What he fails, to, he never clicks in his head was like, 
NWO was heel. Like I know there was like they're cool and all, but you can't have a whole show just full of heels because right. they're going to cheat and do everything all the time. And I would also say the NWO would never have worked if Scott Hall wasn't as cool as he is because Hogan turning was awesome, but Hogan made it feel wrestling. He he still talked in his his wrestling right. cadence and he couldn't get past being an 80s person, brother, and I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do. And it was Scott Hall who was like cool and made it seem like like Kevin Nash was cool too, but Kevin Nash didn't Scott Hall was the one who like really carried the mic and carried the whole thing. So you were like, Oh, this is this is awesome. And if he if he came in playing Razor, which he kind of did his first time, mm -hmm. but I mean like truly playing Razor, like fully in character, probably would have bombed. Sure. Because it would have just been wrestling. The fact that he was able to come out and be his natural cool self, it would it he's the reason it worked. Absolutely. Absolutely. If it wasn't for him being himself and showing that it could work, then it, you know, they would have just killed it, right? And I think because it worked, it was like, all right hall can do the same thing and it'll work you know and then we can just keep running this i mean the the great thing is like you said schlong there are um there's a lot of podcasts you know bischoff talks about it a few times on his show so you can find it in their archives uh i don't remember what's it 68 weeks or whatever it's called 83 weeks 83 i don't know um 83 it's how weeks. many weeks they beat wwe yep. in the ratings i just couldn't remember the number um i used to listen to it i used to listen to it a lot but you know once i stopped going into the office every day i stopped listening Same. to podcasts um and then the other thing too is there I, I haven't listened to something to wrestle with in probably two and a half years at this point but i remember in some of those early episodes um there were there were a number of episodes where he they talked about scott hall and there was some really good stuff in there and I'd be surprised if they don't pull some of those out for a best of show or something like that. So you could certainly find a lot of content out there about Scott Hall. It is, I think we've kind of all said it here. It's, it's a total tragedy the way that he went out uh, after kind of writing so many of the things that were wrong uh, and he will certainly be missed, but the industry uh, is the way it is certainly thanks to him uh, and what he was able to do in WCW with the NWO. Uh, and he was a bad guy. So um, Scott Hall will be missed. It was kind of eerie that that happened like the week after Regal gave a promo basically talking about his demons and correcting them and they're the same age. Like I was thinking about that a yeah. lot about like how he was so emotionally breaking down calling Brian Danielson the perfect wrestler and talking about like what he could have been if he didn't fall victim to those demons. It felt like almost eerie how um, similar that was. For sure. Did anyone? Um, I, I hate to get off Hall, but did anyone, no, no, I'm no. gonna forget, so we can wait. Sure. Did anybody listen to Regal's uh, talk as Jericho and hear what he went through in the last from like 18 on? No, I didn't actually no. know that was out yet. I didn't see that. Oh, 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 oh man, I mean, oh, I can't. It's not spoiling because it's not. He um. So apparently, he broke his neck in like the 90s and never fixed it. So his neck was like fused together with like just like a gelatinous mess. Oh so God. they had to insert like a tight and then like four um, plates or whatever were broke or four. 
and they had to like fuse them with uh tight like a special titanium thing that made it work but then he had to sit still for eight days as spinal fluid drained out which apparently when spinal fluid drains out it's like all your nerves are on fire he said it was the most painful at the same time his heart had had a hard shell form around it forget what it's called that almost killed me at six months left to live oh he had to have God. open heart surgery where they literally had to pull this hard calcium shell off of his heart holy shit balls so he almost died like a couple times so like when he went into the ring his health like i guess relatively fine now but he when he was speaking and i'm i didn't do it justice please listen because i gave you the worst cliff note version of like the hell he went through but um it, it you you get some context as to why he was so emotional walking back because he legitimately almost he like he's on died. Time, probably he had like six months. So much, the doctor yeah. said if we did not catch this and do this now, you had six months to live. Jeez. And he had a broken neck for 20, 30 years. That he said when the doctor looked at his next x-ray, he the doctor just kept saying fuck, 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 fuck. And then was like, How when did this happen? And he's like, he said it like 90 something. He's like, that that doesn't make sense. He goes, what do you mean? He goes, the last time I saw someone with an x-ray like this, they were in a wheelchair. Crazy. Jeez. Just crazy. And that was the that's the most recent talk is Jericho. Yeah. So if you have a chance, go listen to it. It's I mean, he's a fascinating guy anyway, but he really goes into it's pretty much just his health stuff over the last 2018 on is when he started addressing it and he's very gracious to wwe because they paid for all these super expensive surgeries and also like he harbors no ill will it's not like it go in there and trash wwe thing um but it, i do think if anyone watches the way he talks on screen about like having borrowed time and stuff i do think that is it's important to listen to this and understand where he's coming from because he is truly a guy who had who's not living on borrowed time but definitely Could have been. <laughs> yeah he, sure. he saw the the doctor's basically like i said six months that was what he was given so Man. crazy well i mean as we're talking about uh some uh regal stuff let's start to maybe work ourselves into a little bit of aew before we hit the break i just want to run through rampage real quick from friday night it was a pretty decent decent show didn't do great in the ratings but it's friday night uh darby allen defeated mark quinn uh and uh we also got jamie Hayter defeating mercedes martinez keith lee defeated qt marshall uh and then our main event we saw swerve make his debut in aew and he defeated unfortunately mr abs tony niece um and and really the reason i even want to bring it up was to see did you guys have have a chance to catch swerve's first match yeah. I thought it was pretty good. I thought he looked great, and he just oozes charisma. I think he's he's just an absolute star. It's funny because watching him, I was like, he could have worked in what WWE's trying to do. It's kind of funny that they released him because I feel like he is a great pro wrestler, and I can't wait to see what he does here. But his uh, charisma and whole disposition is so charismatic and entertaining <laughs> it was like it's kind of weird that they let that one slip through their fingers as opposed to some of the others they let go but um i i thought he looked fantastic in the ring and he just is cool as hell we're paying tribute to cool guys this week right cool bad guys <laughs> um he he seems just awesome i'm i'm very excited to see what he has coming up yeah, and we do get an idea of sort of maybe what's coming for Swerve we see tonight, which was pretty exciting to me. 
Um, but yeah, I thought Ryan, what did you think of that swerve match? I thought it was it was pretty great. I, I really hate when they go to com- uh, picture in picture. I'm sorry, I know I just asked you a question. No, go I for hate it. when they go to picture in picture because like Swerve got all his shit in, and then they go to picture in picture, and Nice gets all his shit in, and then they go right back, and Swerve goes back to getting his offense. In. Like I, I just hate that. I'd like to see it a little more even time on live television, but. Anyways, uh, what did you think of the match itself, Schlong? Good look, good look for Schwerve. 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 And that is how we'll talk about him now, Schwerve. It was not a swing and a miss. No. <laughs> um, I agree with you on the picture-in-picture thing. Like, I, In my head, rationally, I know I'm like, this is how they earn their TV contracts, and I want them to have big money contracts, not because I care how much money Tony Khan makes, but because the more they make as a company, the more wrestlers they can hire, the more, the better it is for what I enjoy. So, like, in my head, I'm like, I get why Picture in Picture exists, but in my heart, I fucking despise it. That being said, <laughs> the, the match itself was awesome. Um, that I put it on Twitter, that flip over the rope where he did, a, like, a hand plant on the um, yeah. mat and flipped over. Yeah. That's cool on its own, but the strut afterwards is what you can't teach, and that's what makes Swerve so awesome. Was he looked so fucking cool, like it was so nonchalant. It's honestly what I used to like about Ricochet and NXT a little bit was like when these guys can do something that no one else can do, just let them be cool. Like yeah. don't try to like that's where I fear Swerve in Swerve in WWE would have been is they might have dorkied him up a bit, which you would think how can you do that to him, but. They pull it off sometimes, surprisingly. Well, they just named like, Pete Dunn Butch and gave him exactly. a cap. So, yeah, I think your concerns are validated. So, Because he is just so naturally cool. And, and he can talk. He can do things no one else can do. And No, he can, I mean, I say no, but he can do things that only a limited few can do in the ring. And he's actually, you know, he's not like a big dude, but he's not a small guy, which really helps him out. Because you, I don't, for the exception of only a handful of guys, he's never going to look like a small person in the ring, which is very nice. Because he, I expect him to be in your your big league feuds. So, well, he's just getting heated up, and that was a nice first taste of what Swerve can do in AEW. Uh, so that was fun. And then the other thing I wanted to talk about was Keith Lee, just fucking awesome. He threw fucking QT Marshall around the ring for a while. Then he uh, he throws Nick Camarado and Aaron Solo around for a few minutes, and then we see Hobbs come in and just lay Keith Lee out. <laughs> And it's just like, uh, what the fuck? These two giant dudes. Um, I thought that match was a lot of fun, too. Uh, and again, just really good seeing what Keith Lee can do when sort of like the reins are off, you know, yes. um, and we'll, you know, we have an idea of what's coming up for Keith Lee. We'll talk about it in a little bit here. But uh, just just fun seeing Keith Lee be able to do what he can do. That was perfect for both Keith Lee and Powerhouse Hops because Keith Lee looks strong as shit. He just beat up how many guys? And so it's not like he looks weak, but then Powerhouse Hops has the great image of doing, you know, the Spinebuster to to Keith Lee, which is as epic as you can get. So like it was that was really well done to make both big guys just look awesome. Yeah, just a great a great sort of segment there. Uh, Kate, any th- anything you want to mention about Keith Lee before we kind of move on? Just that I also appreciated his interactions with Nick Camarado because Nick Camarado's a bigger dude too. Like it was fun to see. 
I'm always going to pop for Keith Lee yeeting people, but it is nice to see him pick on someone a little closer to his own size a little bit. So <laughs> those, oh, yeah. I, those interactions were great. QT's a perfectly solid hand for any type of stuff like this. Like he's going to lose to Hook. He's going to lose to Keith Lee the next week. He's perfect for that role. Um, makes everybody look good. Just a professional. You can tell he, why he's a trainer. He's great at that. So Absolutely. Absolutely. So guys, I know we got some other stuff to get into, but um, just in case, maybe you didn't know. Oh, Kate, I don't think you know. Do you know that uh, you know that we're on a little network here called the Shining Wizards Network? What? Yeah, Kate. I don't know after 51 weeks how you don't know, or I'm sorry, 51 episodes, how you don't know that we're part of a network called the Shining Wizards Network. Well, it's not like I know any of the other great shows that would be on such a network. No one's ever told me about it before. Well, I can tell you this much. One, it's the Shining Wizards Network because it was created by the Shining Wizards. Oh, I know those guys. They're on Monday nights. Yeah. Some some call it the B-show of the network Correct. compared to the Mark Order podcast. Every, I think everyone does. I was trying to be polite. Mm, uh seven o'clock on monday nights i think when they feel like it who knows they've only been doing it for over 10 years so you know eventually everything loses steam after a while right i know that's right um so that's how the network was named but kate there are other programs that are part of the network get out of town it's not just a network with two shows on it no you would think but there's more shows, and I've got a few words here that are going to play that's going to tell you about some of the other great programming. So why don't you sit tight and listen just like that, and everybody else stay tuned too because we're going to come back and we're going to talk about Dynamite after these words from the other great shows on the Shining Wizards Network. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com, where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Because of the obvious threat to untold numbers of citizens, and because of the crisis which is even now developing, this radio station will remain on the air day and night. This station and hundreds of other radio and TV stations throughout this part of the country are pooling their resources through an emergency network hookup to keep you informed of all developments. Horns up, everyone. When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure every Friday to check out Radioactive Metal. Radioactive Metal is one of the longest-running podcasts on the interweb, and every week we bring you a fistful of metal, including interviews with all your favorite artists, discuss all the metal news, and feature the best tunes on the air today. So grab a Lemmy, join your cool Uncle Snowy, and co-host Aaron in the pit. Your recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment broadcasting from the current to the way back. 
join the impact play of Phil Brea and the Portuguese Man of War Choppy for the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast. Live every week on RantEMRadio.com. Get all our episodes over at iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Audio Boom, Google Play, ShiningWizardsNetwork.com, and TurnbuckleThrowbacks.com. Are you tired of being told what to think and believe by Hollywood elites and politicians who just don't care about you? Tired of not getting the truth when you watch the news? Tired of trying to figure out what pronoun to use? Tired of mob mentality when all you want to do is think for yourself and make up your own mind? That's where we come in. This is Justin. And Vince. Your host of Inconclusive Breakdown. We are a weekly anti-PC podcast bringing you entertainment and current event news without any spin. If you want to truly stay informed on what's going on in the world, then give us a listen every Sunday. You get podcasts that Lee Still Zuckerberg and Twitter Jack D platform us. And as always, we're proud members of the Shining Wizards Network. Tired of the PC police telling you what you can and cannot say? Want a show that travels back to the 80s and 90s where the badass hosts have beaten down cancel culture on three separate occasions and carried on to gloat about it? Since 2013, The Midnight Journey is that show. Travel back to the malls and arcades, pop in your VHS, and join us where the 80s and 90s return from the dead. Conan, tell them where to find us. WLWstudios.com, home of the Midnight Jury podcast, hosted by Midnight Mike and Calvin Brody. Also available on all major podcast platforms via the Shining Wizards Network, and join in the conversation on Twitter at Midnight Jury. What's up, wrestling fans? You want something awesome? Check out Wrestling Night in Canada here on the Shining Wizards Network. We're three Canadian metalheads uniting for the love of pro wrestling. Every episode, we go over all the latest news and special events with the odd, unique interview as well. So grab a cold one and check out Wrestling Night in Canada, eh? So, Kate, did you learn anything there? That there are other great shows that are part of the Shining Wizards Network. And I learned so much, and I'm definitely going to remember it for the next six days precisely. Well, try not to forget. We'll see what happens next week. But before we move on, we also want to remind people that if you're not connected with us on social... What the hell are you doing? Exactly. You can find us on our social platforms at MarkOrderPod uh primarily twitter instagram facebook tiktok and of course the youtube channel where you're watching us now if you're watching live or you might be watching at a later date but uh if you go to our social platforms maybe you're only connected to us on twitter go up to the bio hit that link tree you can find all of our other social platforms connect on all of them stay up to date on what we're doing Catch the new website when we re- have it fully redesigned and all the other fun stuff we have planned. Most importantly, though, Kate and Ryan, there is now a way for people to get stickers for free in our link tree. What? All they have to do is click that button right at the top that says request free stickers and then put in your name, your address and the country that you live in. 
and we will send out these free stickers. Here's, we got the V1, the old square, old reliable square sticker here. Nice backing paper on it too. Fancy. But guess what? We got V2. V2 here. The nice round sticker. And if you request stickers, we will certainly send you a couple of each so you have some to choose from. And all you have to do is pay shipping, right, Aunt? Kate, don't tell people that. They're free. What? You send oh, your address. Free. You send your address and I take care of the rest. Wow, what a deal. Marky Mark Kayfabe has his. I should probably get mine too if I want to be cool. Well, like I said, all you got to do is go to our socials, hit that link tree, click the request button, and then tell me where to send them. And I'll send them anywhere in the world. Anywhere. I've sent them to Canada. I'm waiting for somebody to be like, send one to the UK. I'd love if somebody's like, hey, uh, Mamma Mia, I'm Italia. Send it over. Buonas era. Will do. Will do. That sounded extremely awesome. I'm going to be honest. I got questions if someone from Italia is listening to this podcast. <laughs> Why? Maybe they speak English. Uh, fair. English-speaking Italian folk, fans of AW, Mark Order members. Yeah. We're a worldwide organization. We are. So, guys, moving on to... Breaking! uh, Okay, sure. Let's do it. Jesus Christ. She's just going to bulldoze into it. Uh, Let's talk about the rankings real quick. Let's just recap it. so much. I know you do, but actually, listen... Some of the ranking stuff, yo, some of the ranking stuff lately has made sense. They've been making a big deal out of Wardlow being at the top of the rankings. So as you can see here, we have our champions and newly crowned TNT champion Scorpio Sky. Where is Uh, CM Punk? Well, CM Punk is not in the rankings because he doesn't wrestle enough, Kate. He doesn't wrestle. Really? He doesn't. You don't wrestle enough? I don't. I don't wrestle at all. Uh, number one, Wardlow. Two, Lance Archer. Three, Sammy Guevara. Uh, four, Adam Cole. Baby! Schlong let me down again. Uh, and five, Adante Martin. In the tag division, our champs are still Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Number one, The Dark Order. Baby! Number two. Oh. <laughs> way del- very delayed, but thank you, Ryan. Um... Number one, the Dark Order, Silver and Reynolds. Number two, the the uh, Gun Club, aka the Ass Boys. Uh, number three, oh my God, it's Private Party. Number four, the Acclaimed. Yo, listen. And somehow number five, FTR. I only assume because they fired Tully. Dead weight. And in the ladies division, our champion was Britt Baker. Uh, our champion is Britt Baker. Excuse me. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here. And Jade Cargill still holds the, the, that bit show championship. Uh, our number one contender, Thunder Rosa. Uh, two, Deeb. Three, Legit Layla Hirsch. Four, Anna J. And five, stirring it up. It's Red Velvet. So, guys, Kate, would you actually like to go in deep on the rankings? Is that is that something you like to do? Um. 
No, thank you. Simply only for time constraints. Oh, only for time. All right. So you Schlong... know how like militant I am about us ending early. <laughs> sure, Shlong. Just take a note then for next week. We're just going to open straight up with the rankings, and Kate's going to do her uh, her in depth analysis of the rankings. Oh no, I can't be here for reasons. <laughs> That's, sh- That's shame. Uh, so guys, dynamite. St. Patrick's Day Slam from San Antonio, Texas tonight. Uh, what a card they had for us. Um, uh, so let's get into it here. Uh, they led off the show, and I didn't know what they were going to lead the show off with, but they led it off with Adam Cole. Baby. Uh, and Redrag. Oh, I was sneezing. Yeah, yeah, I know. You're just not going to commit to the bit. I get it. I was sneezing. Uh, Adam Cole and Reed Dragon versus Hangman Adam Page and Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Uh, guys, I thought this match was really good. Uh, I'm just going to cut to the end to get to the uh, decision here. Adam Cole and Reed Dragon win over uh, Hangman Page and Jurassic Express. It was a pinfall. Cole hit the boom on Bang. Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Jungle Boy eating the pin tonight. Uh, no post-match antics. Uh, Hangman Adam Page was clearly disappointed. He actually uh, was held back, and Adam Cole was staring him dead in the eyes as he pinned Jungle Boy. Um, I thought this was a fun, fun match. Uh, all these guys can go, uh, and uh, you know they just continue to put on really quality matches. Uh, Kate, what did you think of the opener tonight? We oh, also first time in a couple weeks we've opened up with a wrestling match. Yes, which is my preference, but when they've opened up with speaking segments, they've been great. So not a huge complaint on that front, but I do prefer this format. I really liked the match. Some really good spots in it. I The only thing that I don't like is I don't like champions losing on my television. And I feel like Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, as, as much fun as they are as champions, I think it's pretty obvious that the best tag teams in the world are the Young Bucks and the FTR. So I think it's a little bit tricky already. So to have them getting pinned is tough. I do think it serves the greater story and that maybe if Adam Page had Dark Order, he would have won. And I think you want Adam Cole looking stronger going into this. Um, So I get it from that perspective. It's just not a great scenario when you have tag champions who I'm already like need an extra level to buy into getting pinned and i also would have just had luchasaurus eat the pin i feel like jungle boy is the star in in that and he's the most vulnerable star in all of this so um that those are my only complaints but a very very fun opener um bobby fish is like 900 years old and still looks great his kicks are so good (laughs) he lays the shit in so hard very nice to see kyle o'reilly too like sometimes he gets lost in the shuffle with everything going on but he's he's such a good wrestler and it's nice to to see him work. So, um, a, a strong opener just didn't love the booking corner that they booked themselves into, which I also have complaints about down the line <laughs> in this episode. But um, the the match itself was great, and I think this is a nice uh, story to have continue. It doesn't feel like it's long in the tooth yet. Adam versus Adam seems like something that organically should be continuing. Yeah, I mean. Um... I uh 
I don't disagree. I feel like Jungle, uh, not Jungle Boy, I'm sorry, Luchasaurus was the person who should eat the pin. But I think when you sort of sit back and think about how they kind of came into this match, um, it it sort of makes sense because, um, you know, Adam Cole was talking about these two guys are living rent free in your head. And maybe this is going to make Adam, you know, Adam Page second guess himself, right? Because he just couldn't save Jungle Boy in that moment, you know? Uh, so maybe from that standpoint, it makes sense. But yeah, I didn't necessarily love that Jungle Boy took that pin. Also, I don't think I've said it here. Mrs. Money probably is tired of me saying it. I don't know why. Every time I see Kyle O'Reilly, I think Danger Aaron from Jackass. I don't know why. I could see it. Don't know why. Uh, Schlong, what'd you think this opener? I enjoyed the match. Um, I don't have a problem with the way it ended because Jungle Boy being small, I know maybe you should protect him because of that, but at the same point, a little easier to make a pin on it. Something is entertaining, Kate, and it's distracting me now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just got a funny text message about my nails. Okay. Oh, okay. But um, <laughs> some... uh. You know, it's harder to get Luchasaurus in a pin position than it is Jungle Boy, so I guess that's why they went that route. I will also say I actually don't mind the champs lose because the champs are not an established trio. They are a tag team and a guy who's not related to them, whereas Red Dragon and Adam Cole are established, really established somewhere else, but are even established here. And I will take this to my grave. Established teams should always win. There's a re- It makes the... Whether it's trios or tag team... That's what makes something special. So a tr- an established trios team should always beat a non-established trios team, and an established tag team should always beat a non-established tag team. That's why. It, that's the different. It makes the the divisions feel unique. I hate like there's very there's obviously like Mox and Danielson don't count because they're gonna build each other up as a tag team right. rather than you know just being thrown together. <coughs> so I have no problem, and I like where the story's going. So you know. We will see. You know, maybe another possible way this goes is that, you know, either Hangman or the Dark Order is like, well, maybe if, you know, we were teaming with you, that wouldn't have happened. You know what I mean? And he starts to sort of second guess his allegiance and all that kind of stuff. Like this can certainly play into uh, Adam Page's head. There's a lot of ways they can kind of go with this story. So maybe it makes sense as we work this story out. You know, they're they had just sort of hit the reset button on everything last week, and now we're sort of building to the next, you know, level. So you know, we'll see where it goes. Yeah, I think that Dark Order wrinkle has to be there. Like, what if you had picked Silver and Reynolds, you never would have been in this situation. Silver and Reynolds, Silver and Reynolds. Sorry. I'm getting nervous that I'm losing my throne as like the pun master. I'm not going to lie. Losing your sight, losing your mind. Wish somebody oh would tell you you're fine. Please. The song puns. My God. Um, <laughs> so after this, we go backstage and Shivani is uh, with Keith Lee uh ricky starks and will hobbs and stark excuse me starks is calling out keith uh lee um and saying it's his lucky day because that whooping he he uh he uh is gonna get is saved for later but they got him on rampage last week uh and um 
Should he go back to Rampage, the same thing's going to happen. And Lee asks if that includes when he punched out uh, Ricky uh, and then laid on the mat like a bitch. He said he'll see him Friday because there is a match where Keith Lee will be fighting Max Caster. So I like this thing that's going on with Hobbs and Keith Lee. I mean, seeing Hobbs, you know, sidewalk slam Keith Lee last week was pretty impressive. I think those two could have a a really fun match. So I'm interested to see where this goes. And we get a little bit more into this later. Um, but I thought this was a nice little segment to sort of plant the seeds about uh, Hobbs uh, and uh, Keith Lee little feud going here. I agree. I love that when Keith Lee is being, t- they're, they're talking to Keith Lee, his hands are just like this and he's just kind of like staring away. Cause there's like an arrogance there. That's it's not like a bad arrogance where you're like, you're a heel. It's like the good kind of arrogance of like, I'm just going to let you run your mouth. It doesn't matter to me. And that right. is perfect for his characters. Cause his character is not only a monster of a wrestler, but he's like the super intelligent, awesome guy. So being yelled at wouldn't bother him. Yeah, it's just impossible to not want to cheer for Keith Lee. Like, I, I think he's just so likable and so much fun, both in the ring and promo-wise. Like, his whole energy to things is just so special and unique because huge guys like that, you want them to be monsters. He's not like that. He's so, so likable. So that's super fun. And then big meaty men slapping me. Hell yeah, let's do it. Him and Hobbsy, let's go. I came in on that. And Starks being involved in this, Starks is one of my favorites. I'm excited. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm all for the storyline. It's something that's away from the belt, but it includes the fake belt, so it feels somewhat important, which is good. It's a good place for Keith Lee to be if he's not going to immediately be in a title picture. I think. Well, you also uh, you also heard it here first from Kate. She likes big men slapping each other's meat around. So. Big meaty men slapping each other's meat around. Oh, I'm sorry. Preferably in their underwear. Oh, okay. Big meaty men slapping meat in underwear. That's okay. that's gonna be the name of your memoir. <laughs> the Kate Hensler story. That's right. Uh so we um we do come back from commercial and it's a it's a vignette, but I wanna call this out because I thought it was sort of interesting here, Kate and uh Schlong. The vignette they play is uh, about Chris Statlander, and it ends with her taking her contact out and removing her face paint. So her whole gimmick has been the alien, but are we moving away from the alien now? Where are we going to go with Chris Statlander? What are our thoughts on this? I am so excited. Sorry, Kate. I'm very excited for this. Aggressive. Oh, well, I just happened to this. This surprisingly very excited and coming. I think she kind of outgrew the alien gimmick. Like, I like a little bit still, but I think for her to take the next step, she needs to be Chris Dallander. And she's so good that I want her to take that next step. So. I think uh, she better still fucking boot people. Because if she doesn't boot people, I'm going to be very, very upset. But I agree with Ryan overall. She a different planet, pun sort of intended. I didn't intend it when it came out of my mouth, but now that I got like halfway there, I'm intending it because I'm not a coward. I intend my puns. Um, 
she, since coming back from injury, has just been one of their most reliable in-ring talents that they have in the division. She has been so consistently good. Her match with Britt was so great. Uh, her match with Layla was the best women's match on the pay-per-view, and it was on the buy-in. Like She has been absolutely fantastic since returning from injury, and I hope she gets a very big push because she has earned it. And I do think, well, I love some more gimmicky characters, especially in somewhere like AEW. I think there is a little bit more of a ceiling on them. And I think the women's division is in such desperate need right now that having her be a little bit more of a human-centric rather than alien-centric character can only benefit a division that is in need of viable talent. So I am all for it, but let Chris boop. Ba-doop-be-doop. Keep the boops. Lose the yes, alien. all boops. Yes, okay. all boops. Speaking what do you of... Think? Oh, I mean... Listen, I think that there's there's only one thing that will will worry me here is if she just becomes Chris Statlander and there's nothing there, right? Like if there's nothing behind it, you know what I mean? Like sometimes, like for Britt Baker, it works because she's like he, a heel turned up to like eleven of herself, right? You know what I mean? She goes. Um, it, it just has to be the same thing for Chris Statlander. And I see, I think sometimes we were talking about this with Layla Hirsch, right? Or even like Deeb. For a while with Deeb, we were like, she's just got to like have something. Like she can't just be like, I'm Deeb. Like you've got to like give something, I'm have Deeb, some Deeb, sort of an edge. I will say that Stat, the, uh, sorry, I, I'm in a mood. I'm sorry. Um, I will say. I will say that Stat I I one hundred percent agree with you. The only thing that makes me feel confident is that Statlander came up with the alien thing on her own. She's a pretty and I say this complimentary because I'm a weird dude. She's a pretty weird gal. I think she has enough personality that even just being Chris Statlander, or maybe not, you know, she'll still be someone to watch. And not to say that Deeb or Layla don't have personalities. I just think Statlander is. I I think she has more personality in terms of able to get it out there than they do. At least we're able to. Now they're really doing well with both of them. But right, Stalliner is just so unique that I think she's going to be all right doing it. But I, I agree. If if she just becomes Chris Statlander and it's nothing, vanilla he, vanilla face number one, it's like all right. Well then, we're screwed. Yeah, um, vanilla face was that intended to be a. Uh... Uh, Borat reference? No, but I'm, I'm okay that I admit. Yeah, he, you don't remember he goes into the thing. He's like, "What's up, Vanilla Face? Skeet, skeet." Oh my no. god, that's right. Yeah, I'm happy oh. I made it though. Amazing. Uh, yeah, I mean, and and I guess like I just want to be clear because, and I think we're all saying the same thing, but I do want to be clear. I don't think that Statlander needs some sort of like major over the top gimmick, right? But she needs like, a thing. You need something, yes. It doesn't have to be like a full-blown gimmick, but it, you've got to have something that people are no. going to want to watch. Like like Adam Cole doesn't have a gimmick, but he has something. There's They let him right. have a personality. You know who he is. I'm sorry. So who? Adam Cole. Baby. <laughs> it's not my thing. Uh, I wait for it. I know. I was waiting for Kate to do it. It's supposed but, to be uh, your thing. No, 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 no. Um, you know, 
I was going to say hangman, but he kind of does have a gimmick. <laughs> he is a millennial cowboy. But, uh, an anxious one. You know, Brian, Brian Danielson barely has it. Sorry, an anxious millennial cowboy. Brian Danielson barely has a gimmick. He's just a guy who likes to kick your ass, but they're able to get their personality across through it. So, exactly what you said. She doesn't need a huge gimmick, but she needs that personality. Yeah. So, it's, it'll be interesting to see where they go, especially because it was such a quick video, like little vignette. But they certainly called it out like right as soon as it ended. They were like taking off her makeup, you know, so there's definitely something that's going to be coming there. So uh, the next match we have in the night is the best friends, Chuck Taylor and Wheeler, Utah versus the American Dragon, Brian Danielson and John Moxley. And um, what, Kate? I just Wheeler, Utah's gear. Looked so much like a laser background on when you get school pictures. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, it did. It had like the pink and the blues and just, ah, lines. Cutting to the end of this match, just real quick, I don't want it to get lost. Uh, we do have the American Dragon um, and John Moxley winning by submission. It's a reverse bulldog or the bulldog choke or the reverse chin lock for Moxley on Yuda, and then post match. Uh, as the best friends are leaving the whole crew, Dan Housen as well. Uh, and uh, they're leaving. William Regal has made his way to the ring. And Wheeler Yuta stops and sort of looks back. He goes to the ring uh, and he offers William Regal a handshake and Regal slaps him in the face. And uh, they have a little chat. They're sort of nodding until Regal tells him to uh, sort of run along. Uh, but Wheeler Yuta doesn't back down. So a couple of interesting things happening there post-match. Uh, but I want to say, first of all, before asking you guys what you thought, I want to say it has been really great seeing, uh, getting to see Wheeler Yuta kind of take up the spot, which I would assume would have been Orange Cassidy in these matches and getting him on television. But it does make sense to this whole thing because Moxley called him out by, or not Moxley, I'm sorry, Danielson called him out by name. So he had a solo a singles match against uh, Danielson uh, a couple weeks ago at this point. And uh, now he's in a tag match with Danielson and Moxley. I mean, good for Wheeler Yuta. Really good exposure. And he looked great in both matches. That bridge that he had, that German suplex to oh. the bridge, was just so fantastic. I love Wheeler Yuta. I'm excited to see if this whole faction thing kind of goes anywhere, but Schlong, what do you think about this match in the post match? So you kind of said it and, and I'm just want to, cause you're, you're dead on. I love how this whole match was designed to make you to shine like that. Like if you look at the story and plot of this match, you was the hot tag. I don't think in any match you just had in AEW, he's ever been the hot tag. He it, like, he and then he was the granted he took the loss, but he that was only because he was the only one in the ring. Like he was giving them both something. They they were taking punches, he was kicking ass, he looked amazing. So I love it only furthers the story of like they mentioned Yuta, and now Yuta's having these matches that you're just he's hard to deny. Um I love the slap afterwards. Jesus Christ, that looked like it hurt. Um and that moment, and I like I mean, I was laughing at like Dan Housen being like, Come on. Let's go like trying to get him to leave and he won't leave and everybody being like what the hell's going on and the best part is like there's a i don't know how like they just got re like i don't think they like 
I don't know when they signed Regal in terms of like when they knew the story, but they were building up some issue between Wheeler and uh, Trent for a little while now. And that feeds perfectly into this other story. And it's like, I don't know if that's a happy accident or if they knew they were going to do something with Yuta, but it, it's, I loved this match. It was a really good match to begin with. And then just, I love the story they're telling. Regal on commentary was phenomenal. Phenomenal. What uh, an added layer to everything. Just such a good, uh, such a high value ad. He slaps the shit out of people when he slaps them. My goodness. I liked a lot of this match. I don't know if you guys caught it, but I think Moxley used the heart attack at one point, which is interesting, especially with some of the other references that we get later in the show. Um, but I just really think this is going to be very interesting because I have a feeling that Danielson or Moxielson, if you would, um, I think they're going to pull Wheeler from best friends. I think they're going to pull Daniel Garcia from 2.0. And I think, um, or I'm sorry, 2.0 was a stupid idea from bad creative from the Jericho Appreciation Society. Yep. We'll um, get there. And if Lee Moriarty gets locked in with some sort of stable, what a heelish thing to do to go picking off the best of these stables to create your own. What a dick move. What a fun heel move. <laughs> I did not think this Danielson run as a heel was going to be this long or this great. It's continuing even in this tag stuff. That's awesome to me. Fantastic match. Wheeler looked great. I, I love Wheeler. I thought he was great in ROH. He's a fantastic wrestler. Um, and I just love that they let you autocomplete stuff with your brain in AEW. Like, I didn't need to know. I didn't need Wheeler Yuta to say, hey, I'm also considering what you guys are teaching me to get the idea that he might defect here. Like, they let you fill in the gaps, which is really, really refreshing. Um, so kudos all around. I, th I thought this was great, and I just loved Regal on commentary, and I loved what he did afterwards. Kate mentioned Regal on commentary, and Kyle <laughs> K. Sparks brought up to me what was my favorite quote, too, and I almost forgot it, was, pray tell, masked man, who is that demon waif about Danhausen? And I just was dying laughing at that. It's so great. Yeah, I also loved when uh, Regal sat down at first, and he said, you know, thank you, JR. You know, I didn't get to thank you like I did Tony last week. And then he says uh, to... Uh, to uh, Excalibur, he's like, Masked Man, I, I don't have anything. He says something like, I have nothing to say to you. <laughs> yeah, he was like, you haven't done it. We haven't, right. You haven't done anything for me or something. And and just like so sheepishly, after a few beads of silence, uh, Excalibur's just like, I have nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> just so perfect. It just amazes me when people assimilate so immediately. I'm always so impressed by that. I said it with Bowens and Caster. Um very early on, like you would never know there was a point where they weren't a tag team before AEW. You would never know Regal wasn't in AEW outside of the history that he has. Like I, I love when people can just fall into an environment and it feels so natural because that's not something that's easy to accomplish a lot of times. Yeah, but I think also, and I don't disagree with what you're saying, Kate, but I think it also just shows you how great a mind Regal is to be able to come in so seamlessly. And just play into this. And it was probably like, hey, you know, here's the story we're going to kind of want. and But he can just insert himself and just pick it up. Just Immediately. Like, it's like, was so excited for his debut. He slaps the shit out of people. And last week he was making me, like, cry with his promo. 
You know what I mean? (laughs) He's been here three weeks and I felt so many emotions about his presence in that time. Like what a, what a skilled worker. And we're we're only talking about the on-camera stuff, not even getting into the, the, I mean, he uh, just in more around his health issues in the Jericho interview, he was telling you what, like how, like the traveling he was doing as he was dealing with these major things. And he like, he went to England like over the summer and got to see a bunch of matches so then on a last minute call, WWE asked him to put together a tournament or like a tournament for English wrestlers with like 24 hours notice. And he was after only able seeing wrestlers in the summer, put that put 24 wrestlers together in, in one night. Like he's just, and it was his, good. Yeah. His <laughs> mind for it is so he is one of those guys, like clearly his on camera thing is amazing already, but his behind the scenes, he's going to be able to take these guys who, there's a couple like no one I'm gonna knock or no one I'm gonna say, but even some of the best who could just use that little bit extra of work, that little that little finishing, like a, like a Wheeler Uta will even say, like how good Wheeler Uta is. You can't tell me he's not gonna be better having William Regal right. come up and being like, "Have you tried this?" It, it's just it's so good, and um, so I I just want to bring that up. Like we're we're complimenting how good he is on camera because he's awesome, and he's got a whole lot more to offer behind. They got such a home run. I'll never understand WWE's just thinking with letting him go it was the final piece of this reboot i think but it was dumb it was very dumb yeah well their loss is aew's gain and uh, a team who lost something last week ftr were being interviewed backstage by shivani <clears throat> they say that uh, firing blanchard didn't come easy uh but he, they he seemed like he'd been checked out after they lost their titles and that's when the young bucks roll up and they say that there's no manager they could hire that would ever make them anything but the second best tag team in AEW. Uh, and then we go to break. So clearly we're building this this feud again with FTR. That isn't all they said. And they the, said. Well, I'm getting there. Hold okay. on. Uh, so they're building this feud. And, and Kate, you had dropped it before <clears throat> that the heart attack was used uh, in the prior match. The Bucks here did make mention. They said you could hire the best there is, uh, and it wouldn't matter. You'll still be the second best. And don't think, Kate, that in that moment I didn't like perk up a little bit and I was like, "Best there is." It's like I was like, "Come on, say it." Best there was. was? Come on. Um. So yeah, I don't know what what they're possibly lining up if they are or if this is all coincidence, but. Listen, the Owen tournament is going to be starting uh, in a couple weeks, right? Or maybe next month when they're at... uh, Next month, yeah. It is next month. So, um, yeah, I don't know where they're going with that. But I I do know that if they're going to heat up FTR and the Young Bucks again, uh, sign me up. Agree with that. And, you know, I think it would just be so incredible for Dax Hartwood. Because he has just been so open about the impact that Bret Hart has had on him. Um, and just how, just like, he's the, everybody has a reason that they do this guy and Bret Hart is his. And I just think that would be so special for as selfless of a worker as Dax Harwood is. If it is Bret, like, God bless him because he so deserves it. And I, I think it is interesting timing with that too because, um, He's been posting stuff on Instagram about like 
he said something about like family and Bret Hart. That's all I care about or whatever. And like was wearing his Bret Hart sweatshirt. Like it does seem a little coordinated. And if they got Bret Hart on their screen for an extended period of time, I'm sure it would be for the Owen stuff. But like, yeah, sorry, Tully. I would trade you in too for Bret freaking Hart. Man. And don't forget, Bret Hart did come into uh, on the first episode, right? I think that gets forgotten. Bret Hart you yes. know, presented the title. Uh, heavyweight title or the world title. Sorry, it's not a heavyweight. The world championship title. So he's, you know, showed his face there before. But yeah, I don't know what they could be lining up here. But boy, oh boy, if they can get him on TV in any sort of way for an extended period, I think it'd be good for them. Uh, Shlong, any idea? Is this all conspiracy theory to you? Or are you buying into any of this stuff? I don't think it's conspiracy theory because they're they're not they don't do any of that stuff without thought um you know i hate to reference the other company but i will you know they've been dropping a lot of cody lines and people are like oh they wouldn't say this without cody showing up and they absolutely would because they do that they like to troll their own fans aew is pretty good about that like they like to drop these lines for a reason i also think I would love just to see Brett get his flowers and be like, have a chance to share his wrestling mind with people who want to see it. And, you know, I know he's been there before to show the belt, but I would like to see him maybe not all, I mean, on camera with FTR, but just even behind the scenes a little bit, let him talk to these guys. He still loves wrestling so much. Let him get to share his love. I think with the Owen thing and now these hints, I just can't see them putting this out especially with ftr putting this out there and not have it be bread it would seem like a something they haven't done before and that would be a mistake on their part well we have a little bit of time to see where this goes they're dropping very subtle hints i don't think it's a coincidence but we'll see when we get back from break there's another uh segment backstage um the acclaimed are sort of giving a, a little pep talk. Yo, uh, listen well, to this I'm pep sorry. talk. You're right. They're kind of talking <laughs> each other up uh, and uh, talking about the match coming up. Uh, Max Caster versus Keith Lee on Friday night. And uh, that's when Starks and Hobbs roll up and introduce themselves. And they uh, are starting to talk about whooping Keith Lee's ass. But that's when one Shane Schwerve Strickland rolls up and tells Starks that he's going to make uh, Rampage his house. Who's so, that? Uh, I believe Schwerve's house. Schwerve. It's S C H W E R V E. Schwerve. So, Kate, we were talking about this a little bit before about, you know, Starks is a favorite. We want to see more Starks. Schwerve starts. I will certainly take that. That would be a lot of very sound fundamental wrestling and cool guy charisma in one wrestling ring. Yes, please, all day. I don't know if that's going to come out in a tag match of some sort. I don't really care. Gimme, 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 gimme. I I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Let's see where this goes. Maybe Schwerve shows up Friday night to uh, help out Keith Lee. We'll have to see what happens Friday night. 
we do have the card. We'll talk about the card and sort of timing on the, on that a little later. But Schlong, uh, Starks, Schwerve, in, out, undecided. I believe I, believe I predicted this. I believe you if did, I, too. I did. See? I'm all for this. So begrudging tone of one ant money. No, I'm agreeing. That's not begrudging. That's me agreeing. Uh, I, I did predict this. I'm only because it made sense in terms of you can't have two versus one against um when one is Hobbs against Keith Lee the entire time. Something has to keep Starks occupied. Schwerve needs a, a first feud. Uh, um Starks is perfect. And then Schwerve moves off and goes against his real feud. But they always give him like that first like uh beginner's feud. Like that first, like we'll just build you into it. The intro feud. Yeah. Guys, would a dream tag team be somehow figure out a way to get him out of the the faction? Schwerve and Hook. What a dream tag team. Oh my god. Well, Ryan, Ryan's got a wet spot in his pants, you know? <laughs> the world would explode. My goodness. I don't know what made me think of that, but that would be sure so would make chips seem so cool. Oh my god. They'd be eating chips all the time. Oh. Hanging out. Like in the club. Oh, you know it. <laughs> so guys, we get the Jericho Appreciation Society. Oh yeah, we do. Making their entrance to the ring. Now we've had a lot of big opinions on the Jericho of AEW. I want to get into a little bit of what they said, and then I want to talk through this. Let's talk about what they said. Matt Lee is the first one on the mic, and he starts to talk about Jericho singing his praises. And he said, if it were up to him, there'd be no Judas sing-alongs, but Y2J is a better man than him. And Jeff Parker says that Jericho deserves to be praised. And he gives Chris a big intro and then the microphone. So Jericho says that we're lucky to exist in his lifetime. And if he wasn't here, there would be no AEW. Uh, instead, we undermine him and take him for granted and write hurtful things on social media, which he says he reads. Uh, and he also said that the inner circle never appreciated him. He says Eddie Kingston's a coward who tapped him out in a pay-per-view. But these men uh, do appreciate Jericho. That's why they're the Appreciation Society. And they can't relate to the rest of the roster who are mere pro wrestlers. And a pro wrestler has never been legendary or a millionaire. But he's a legendary millionaire many times over. And that is because Jericho is a sports entertainer. Let me say it again, because Jericho did. He's a sports entertainer oh yeah he is so garcia gets on the mic and in jericho's face and said that if he's gonna stand there and call himself a, a sports entertainer then guess what garcia is one too and jericho puts uh garcia over recounts how he donated thousands of dollars to the recovery when he got in a car accident in 2019 with some other bu buffalo independent wrestlers and then he talks about 2.0. He says, that's a stupid name from bad creative. You'll never hear it again. And this then he uses their, that's perfect. He says <laughs> they use their real names from now on in the Jericho Appreciation Star, uh, Society, Matt Menard and Angelo Parker. 
Um, but didn't he give them like dumb nicknames and saying it was their real names? Wasn't he like Big Daddy Matt Menard or something? Yeah, he was like Matt Madman Menard or something like that. You know, <laughs> that and, like so great. We're gonna call them by their real names. Here's a ridiculous nickname. I thought was real fucking fun. <laughs> of course. Well, he's a sports entertainer. He knows how to entertain. Of course. Um, and he talks about how his ex best friend. Kevin called him up uh, after they got released uh, and uh, that's how they got a spot in AEW because he put him on the podcast so he could help him get a job. Then he also talks about Jake Hager who uh, has been the one man he can trust, the hand of the king and that's when the new era in AEW begins, the era of the sports entertainer and that is pretty much how we end that segment. Now, a couple things here. One, I feel bad for Jake Hager only because it's pretty noticeable. Jake Hager has a lisp, right? Why do they always give him the S heavy like segments to speak? They made him say sports entertainer and like wrestling, like all these words with S's. I felt so bad. I'm like, why the fuck would you do that to this guy? Come on. But anyway, the real thing I actually want to say here is. I liked this segment a lot, a whole fucking lot. And I love that Jericho is giving these guys the rub. He's not a fucking idiot. He he did the same thing with the inner circle for how long? All I mean, obviously, it went on way too long, right? But these guys definitely got a rub being with Jericho. And the same thing's going to happen with I don't know what they're going to call 2.0, but the same thing is going to happen with Garcia and Matt Menard and Angelo Parker. So I think this is great. I like this a lot. I love that at 1.2, Jericho was going to say pro wrestling or like pro wrestlers and stopped himself and said sports entertainer. Like he, they're going to make it a point not to say wrestling or pro wrestling and sports entertainer and i fucking love it because it's exactly what you'd expect from the other place i just fucking love it i like this a lot you guys can totally disagree i love this kate what did you think i actually am a hundred percent in agreement with you I think there's a large belief in AEW that the age of the casual fan is dead. And I think uh, the biggest heel somebody could be to an AEW fan is WWE guy. And Chris Jericho saw that, took it, and is running with it. And it's the next development of the Demo God. It's the next development of Le Champion. It's like, to me, I think it's perfect. I understand why a lot of people are going to hate it. I think it's great. I think he's listening to everything that's out there and he's incorporating it here. He belongs as a character-based heel. It doesn't always have to be super comedic, but he is a character. Everything he's saying is pretty much true about his own career, which is something I always appreciate. He is a great character. He is a great sports entertainer. Um, it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive with being a great wrestler, which is something that he's leaving out, which is fantastic. I think Garcia is going to defect here. I think 2.0 are the perfect characters to be underneath him and appreciating him in all of this. I thought this was a home run. I think a lot of people are going to feel differently. I don't care. 
I think they're going to feel like it's redundant. I don't care. This is exactly what Chris Jericho should be doing at this stage of his career. I found a lot of it was striking a nerve with people in the perfect way. And they, it's gone over their heads a little bit because they really are that tribalistic to AEW in a lot of ways. I absolutely adore how many people loathe that Daniel Garcia is a part of this because he's not going to be a part of it for that long. He's going to defect to this Danielson thing and it's going to be great. Um, And to your point, look who is in this group. People that are young, people that need coming up, people that need the rub. Like It's not like he has a bunch of established people with him and Jake Hager is nothing without him. So I just feel like it's a perfectly assembled group. It's going to be Jericho's best value on screen that you could possibly get out of him. I loved this segment. I thought it was an absolute home run. And it lets me do my Jericho voice, which is really the most important part. Also, I forgot to mention, too, I loved everything you said, Kate. Something also to mention, they did not say the Demo God Le Champion. They gave him some new names. I don't remember both of them, but they called him the Influencer. Perfect. Right? So perfect. And that's probably what we're going to get now. The influencer Chris Jericho or something like that, you know? So I love how we're sort of moving past what he's already done. And now we're on to these kind of new stuff and sports entertainer. And I, I just loved uh, Ryan. I want to hear what you have to say, but I love the Garcia thing so much too, because everybody's like Garcia is such a great wrestler. And now he's like, I'm not a wrestler. I'm a sports entertainer. Like it's so fucking perfect to me. Oh God. I loved it. The guys. And I also just want to say before Ryan chimes in here, that dude got real lean real fast. I don't know what diet he did. I don't know what his gym routine was, but Holy shit. Did he slim down a lot in like a month? That dude got lean fast. It like stood out as much this week as last week. Holy crap. Yeah, I know that in, you know, prior to like this past month, Mrs. Money and I would always be like, Jesus Christ, on a weekly basis, he's his body's fucking rubber banding. Like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> but the the rumors, Kate, just I, I don't know if you've seen the rumors. There's nothing confirmed is that he has slimmed down a lot due to the health scare he had in the UK, um, which I don't think anything confirmed ever really came out nor does it have to it's personal you know it's his his own health stuff but the word on the street is that um or the rumor mill is saying that um it's due to his health scare and if he's been able to cut weight or do whatever he's got to do get back in better shape it'll only benefit him in the ring and uh benefit his health so yeah he looks fucking great the one thing kate though and i do want your thoughts here ryan but the one thing, Kate, uh, that Mrs. Money called out that she said annoyed her the most about this was that Jericho was wearing three different shades of purple. His he shoes, was, but I did love those driver's gloves so much. Oh, of course. I mean, like, listen, I love the whole look. Uh, purple jacket, no shirt, driver's gloves, and purple shoes with jeans. Okay. It was perfect. Okay. Different shades of purple, though. Shlong, what did you think about this thing? So, because Kate cut me off i'm gonna say hey kate i have better bangs than you right now Lies. um nope they're there and they're better yeah they're pretty good um, thank you <laughs> i mean this was this was a this was a home run segment they uh i loved the the hypocritical nature of saying we're gonna use our real names and saying i'm chris jericho <laughs> like 
nobody. I I love that's it. I we are you already said it like bad I uh bad idea from bad creative about 2.0 when clearly the joke is they came up with it like the just these things of like small hip being a hypocrite in small ways always makes a good heel. And then you mentioned Daniel Garcia getting on the mic and having that moment of I am a sports entertainer. Daniel Garcia is so good at wrestling that he will be liked for being that good. So it's very hard to make him hated. You need this for him. That may be why they put him in this Jericho group to be like, it's really the only way we can get him as a heel because he's so good. People are going to like him. So make him a sports entertainer. When Jericho trademarked sports entertainer, like a couple weeks back or file for it, we hoped this is where it was going because it's brilliant. I mean, this is, this is what you want. And, and the group is perfect for it because four of the um, five guys are all from WWE. So they all have, except for Garcia, all have it, which also leads a reason for Garcia to leave if, when, even if he does. So this was, this was as good as you could hope for. Um, I'm so curious what um, Santana and Ortiz's response is going to be to it because you know they're going to have one. And they are going to come out as like the anti-WWE guys essentially in this feud. So who do they bring in with them? Is it just going to remain the three you know, LAX guys? Do they bring in some outside help? be very interesting. Um, so I loved this. This was perfect from Jericho. This is the Jericho that fits his company perfectly right now. A heel who's an asshole, but in the asshole that you want him to be. Like that you know, I'm a rich prick who made my money in the company you all hate. It's perfect. And then Daniel Garcia needed this, I think, to be hated. But he may leave and go to Moxing Danielson because he is just that good. So it'll be really, really interesting. I loved it. And my bangs are better than Kate's. Agreed, hundred um, <clears> percent. <throat> so we don't need to spend an extended time, any time on this, really. But. Uh... Uh, there was a vignette with Deeb talking about her feud with Sheeta, so they're clearly building that back up. Sheeta's coming back, and they're gonna have a fight. So, okay, give Let's it a stipulation. That's it. What would you? Um, what would you want the stipulation to be? Hell, I like that. I'm gonna cut you off. No, no, no. All uh, I was saying was, do do you want the five minute stip, or you want something else? No, like a like an Iron Woman or something, like something that uh. This needs to be blow off because this has been going on a long time and they're both very good in the ring. So I don't want it to be like a street fight because it doesn't feel like that. But something like Iron Woman-ish would be good. Um, I don't think it needs Two to be three falls? Like... Yeah, so, something like that. Like, I think that would be good. Something that lets them still be technical but also brings it up a level because we've seen this a few times and it's been a very well-built feud. One of the better ones in the women's division, I think. Um, but it's, it's stipulation time. There's got to be something different and special about this one. Give them the full rampage hour or whatever. Like, do something. Well, they're clearly building it to something. So I don't know if, when they're going to match, you know, to a match somewhere. But uh, it'll be interesting. And I agree. This It will need some sort of finality to it, right? So give it a stipulation. You know, do it at some sort of special event, whatever you got to do, but there needs to be a finality now because I think it's one in one. uh, So somebody has got to come out on top the third time. Guys, we get into our TNT championship match of the night after this Scorpio sky versus Wardlow. 
This is Wardlow's first big kind of look at any gold here. And skipping to the end, unfortunately, Wardlow comes up short. Uh, Scorpio Sky wins by pinfall. And post-match American Top Team starts to work on Wardlow. They did get involved a little bit in this match. Paige Van Zant was ringside with her husband. Um, and uh, they're able to sort of get him off, uh, catch him off guard. Uh, and uh, Sky was able to kind of fight back. But just at the, as the end of this match is coming through to get to the pinfall, uh, Sean Spears is starting to come down to the ring. Uh, with chairs, the referee goes to sort of like warn him to stay away, and MJF comes down to smash Wardlow's face into the ring post, and that is what is able to get Scorpio Sky the win. But post-match, top team goes to work on Wardlow. He manages to get off of them and then confronts MJF. Uh, he stops him from running away. He gets ready for the powerbomb, but that's when Spears hits him with the chair from the back. American top team uh, go back to work on Wardlow. Um, Wardlow uh, is now kind of set up for a chair shot. He flips off Sean Spears. He gets blasted with the chair. And that's when we see Max uh, paying off Dan Lambert. And uh, he's able to blast Wardlow with the dynamite diamond ring. And then get on the turnbuckle and celebrate. And we go to a break. So. I was saying this whole post match, please, dear God, don't let him powerbomb MJF. Don't waste it here. Please don't let it happen. And they got out of it perfectly. I like the way this whole thing went. I think we all thought there's no way Scorpio Sky is taking this title for one week and dropping it. Uh, so we knew somewhere that, you know, MJF would have to be involved or the match would have to be. You know, uh, someone would have to cost Wardlow the match. So it worked out kind of the way we thought. But, man, you can just tell when Wardlow gets his hands on MJF, the building that they do that in is going to fucking explode. Everybody wants to see it. And they're sort of like quickening the pace here, but they're not going to let it happen. They're going to let this go on, I think, for a little bit. So, um Kate, what'd you think of the match, the post-match, all this MJF stuff? Did it work for you? Yes and no. Um, I think where it's going is going to be great. I did not like how we got there very much. The match was fine. I think Wardlow did a good job of showing his inexperience in a planned way, meaning emotionally he got distracted a lot of times in this match at various points. It was a. It felt overbooked to me in that regard. I did not need Paige Van Zant making out with anyone here. This was stupid. Um, I feel like it was too much interference or too many distractions. Rather, I also kind of have a problem with the fact that I feel like because they took so long to put it on Sky and they took so long to put a title on a black male competitor, he couldn't just turn this over. And the story belonged with the title in some way because they went out of their way to say that MJF's contract with Wardlow meant that any titles that he got or any title shots that he got belonged to MJF. So this was the easiest booking route, but I feel like this would have been more interesting if MJF had taken Wardlow's title spot before here and this match was MJF and Wardlow cost MJF again. Um or something a little bit better. And I also don't like or believe in any way, shape, or form that CM Punk just leaves the ring in the ring. I don't feel like MJF should have gotten it back. 
I feel like it's stupid. At the very least, CM Punk should have given it back to Wardlow. I I feel like it is stupid and careless that they justify this by just saying that CM Punk left it in the ring. He's way too savvy of a veteran to let that get back in MJF's hands. I feel like that was that was not like a good enough justification at all. Kate so- is advocating for theft. I want to point this out to all our listeners. Kate is advocating for a baby face wrestler named CM Punk to did steal he, the property of another wrestler. Take it from MJF? No. He should have given does, it back to the guy that gave it to him then. Does, it, does it belong? Does it, but Wardlow walked away. Does it belong to Wardlow? No. Does it There's belong no to, way to CM Punk? No. As CM Punk. It doesn't belong. He doesn't care. He's not going to enable the bad guy to continue to be bad by cheating. That makes no sense. I did not like that at all. So he'll steal and go to jail for theft? I think not. I don't think he's going to jail for theft. I just think this proves that that I just think this proves that um, Chicago mid-punk is mid. He shouldn't have left that ring there, but he did. He's mid. He doesn't think. I think MidJF should have at least tried to beat up CM Punk for the ring backstage or something. Just justify it's it. It's theft. It's the same reason people don't keep belts that aren't theirs. It's kept that Burberry theft. scarf. You don't know it's the same one. That's hard to prove, but it's very easy to prove that that's Pets the same the ring. ring. It's very easy to say that that's the same ring. I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. I... I think that where the feud is going is going to be great, but I just I felt like the justification of the ring was stupid. I don't think he needed it back for this segment. If you want to find a way to get it back to him, fine. But I don't understand why you go out of your way to say that your contract between Warlow and MJF includes titles and title shots if you're not going to use that at all. Like, that just seems kind of weak to me. Um, and I felt like it was the distractions were overbooked, though surprisingly the referee distractions were not the egregious ones that we're used to seeing so i'll take that much but do i think warlow and mjf is going to be one of the most highly emotionally invested feuds that we've seen get built from the ground up with two people that are homegrown talents fuck yeah i do like this is going to be a fantastic feud i just feel like they booked themselves into a corner by putting the belt on sky and then having the story unfold with it 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 doesn't feel as clean as it could have or should have because if they took that belt off of Scorpio Sky, they would have been the heels with like a great segment of them. And I'm also finding it hard to feel like um, I don't want to root for Scorpio Sky. I really want to root for Scorpio Sky. Like, I'm really glad he has the title and I don't want to boo him. So. Yeah, but that's your fan. I'm taking over. Like, he's been a prick on TV, so they've done everything they can writing wise. But I also just my hate fan- Lambert. So I think I'm just like yeah. over it. Here's the thing. One, you're advocating for Punk to be a thief. I don't appreciate that. He would have left the ring there. He doesn't care. It's over. It's it's MJF. MJF gets to own the ring. Two, what there is a story now that I could be wrong, but they've been pretty good about paying this stuff off. So I'm going to hope that my internal story is what ends up happening, which is it's it's meaner to Wardlow to let him have a shot and cost him the shot than to just take it from him and never even give it to him. So MJF the next week can go out and be like, I could have taken it from you. That belonged to me because of the contract, but I let you have it and you lost it. You couldn't even win it. You had a chance for a belt and you couldn't do it. That is a dagger in the heart of Wardlow. That's to me a better story than I took it from you. 
And you needed it to be for something because you just can't cost Wardlow any match. You have to cost him a match with stakes. So the TNT title is a nice belt to cost him with stakes because that t- the challengers do run in and out on that. So you had a way to do it. Protect Sky. And it took overwhelming force to beat Wardlow, which is what you need. And now MJF can come like, you had your chance and you blew it, bud, just like I told you. Because very clearly in that last time when he slapped Wardlow, he said, I'll let you have it. I know you won't win it. He's going to come out and he's going to say it. You had your chance and you blew it. I let you have it and you blew it. So why go out of your way to say what's yours is mine, baby? Like, I don't understand why you go out of your way then to. Because that was the point of being like every time Wardlow was about to have something, MJF being like, but don't forget it'd be mine. Well, that's going to piss you off over time, hearing that no matter what you do, it's going to be MGFs. And then the last time they made a very specific point of saying, I'm going to let you have this, but you're going to lose it. And what did he do? He lost it. So MJF can walk out and say, I told you and you lost it. This feels like some weaker justifications to me. Uh, you want someone to be a thief, so I don't know where you're going on this one. Why honey. didn't he come help Wardlow? Because he's, he's not a good... Yeah, he's mid. He's not mid. You're mid. I just I'll went say, on that thought train. I'll, I'll say this, though. <coughs> At least from a, from a story perspective, to me, it sort of makes sense, right? Wardlow cost MJF a match that had some sort of stake to it, right? I mean, not a title belt, but you know, sort of being the best in the world and it was a dog collar match and, you know, all that stuff. And now tonight, MJF pays it back, right? He costs Wardlow a match with stakes. doesn't matter if it should have been his or not, right? So I think just from story-wise, for from that standpoint, to me, it at least made sense. Everything you had a problem with, Kate, to me, I totally understand it. I just saw this as hey, you cost me a match, now I cost you a match, you know, and you're also going to pay the price because I'm your boss. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's not egregiously illogical. My standards are just very high with them because they pay off so much stuff. So it's not like it was bad. I think the I think it was overbooked. I feel like American Top Team got too involved. But yeah. like, but it's not, it's not so illogical for me that it ruins the feud. I'm extremely excited for the feud extremely excited for the feud well he's gonna get his hands on uh mjf and it's gonna be magic those magic hands will do their work it will not be mid uh they did come back with a backstage segment uh with jade cargill and smart mark sterling uh asking who's ready to be lucky number 30 jade says she's done waiting she wants somebody and uh they're talking about this kiss of doom or whatever they're referring to it as um i guess they're gonna play out they're gonna lean into that now sure let it happen just replay it just give the people what they want man yeah just show (laughs) it again um they also uh then we go to the hardy boys well not the hardy boys i'm sorry we can't use that term it's just the hardys Maybe the Hardy Brothers at some point. Never the Hardy Boys. The Hardy Bros. The Hardy Bras. <laughs> it's a uh, you need one. <laughs> Just need a Hardy Bra. The Hardys <laughs> versus Private Party. Uh, getting to the end here. The uh, the Hardys do win by pinfall. Swanton Bomb from Jeff Hardy on Isaiah Cassidy. Poor Isaiah. I hope his ribs are okay. Um, at least Jeff got his head around. <laughs> My yeah. God, I thought he was going to break his fucking neck. Um, uh, 
So post match, uh, Andrade uh, and company come down uh, to attack, uh, but luckily Sting and Darby Allen are there to make the save. Uh, so there is no, you know, kind of big blow up there. But um, guys, it's 2022, and we have the Hardy Brothers on TV wrestling uh, as a tag team in the same gear that they wore in probably 94. Um, did we like this? Were we excited for the nostalgia? Schlong, let's get your take first. Oh, he's dancing. Um, that is every white boy ever. <laughs> no, no, that's this move. Bring it around town. I, I listen. I think you have to appreciate the nostalgia of it. Um, Private Party looked really good, so I liked the match. I think it was great for them, even though. You know, they didn't pull it out. I think this isn't going to be the final form of the Hardys. Yeah, I saw your laugh at pull it out, Kate. <laughs> I don't think this is going to be the final form of the Hardys. I think you're going to see Matt and Jeff get together and, you know, form something new, which is, by the way, we forgot to mention, that's part of the reason they probably renamed 2.0 was to get away from Matt and Jeff. Um, Yeah, two Matt and Jeffs is weird. But, uh, we already have all was, these pages and cages running around. You can't transfer that to first names, too. <laughs> no. So I think, especially tag teams, because you imagine if they face each other, Matt and Jeff versus Matt and Jeff. They'd have to do it. Yeah. Well, they, so did, I, I, they did Adam versus Adam. They did. True. But I think you're going to see that. But I think for the first night back, it was perfect. It'll transition out of the uh, Andrade story, which is real nice. And then you can let those two come up with whatever crazy bullshit and i say that in a complimentary way but they're going to come up with something crazy so let them come up with their own crazy thing after this feud yeah i thought this was a great first go i think i think we'll eventually see a short run of the broken universe because they said nero as well which i thought was fun popped huge for the gear it's just incredible the the connection that Jeff Hardy has maintained with the crowd after all these years, like people still go absolutely nuts for him. Um, I think there's something in the fact that his triumph has been while he's been active. Like it seems like he is in a healthy spot now and people have been rooting from him. And that usually comes after your career. Like usually your downfall <laughs> takes you out. Um, and Jeff has remained active in his battles. So, uh, this was great. What a dream come true for private party. How much fun is that? Uh, a decent enough match, but the story was like the Hardy brothers are in the ring. Like how special and cool is that? I'll take it any day of the week. Yeah. A lot of fun to see this tonight. Um, man, and I thought private party was going to pull it out. That's what she said. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> They do hype up the card for Friday night. We'll talk about it here shortly. Uh, so we're going to kind of skip over that. But um, we get to our main event of the night. Britt Baker. Oh, I'm sorry. It's time for the main event. Thank you. Um, it's Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa for the AEW Women's World Champion uh, Championship inside of a steel cage. Uh, so, you know. The intros for this were pay-per-view worthy. We had um, we had a, a band play uh, for Thunder Rosa. Um, An all-women's like mariachi band. Right. I was going to say like a mariachi band. 
and then Thunder Rosa comes out, um, you know, with her sombrero, her mech, or her Texas flag, uh, and some killer pants. Kate, those mermaid pants. They were neato. Ah, perfect chef's kiss. <laughs> um, Completely then, telegraphing what we already knew, by the way, that she was going to go over. Sure. <laughs> um, and then Britt Baker makes her way out. Uh, not as big an entrance. She gets the pyro treatment. She is the champ. Uh, and she's wearing her uh, black and white drips in uh, honor of Scott Hall and the Outsiders. Uh, so, guys, cage match. There's a lot going on here. Uh, Brick gets cut open, uh, having her face rubbed against the cage. Uh, they had chairs involved. Uh, of course, the tax had to come out. And to JR's point on commentary, um, why do we have thumbtacks? Somebody tell me why we have thumbtacks ringside all the time. There's just always, they are sponsored by whoever makes them. The Office Max is a huge AEW supporter at this point. Huge. huge. Gordon Post in the chat also pointing out that Thunder Rose's whole face was painted, which is different for her, which is pretty cool. I appreciate that. Yeah, um, it was a good look. Yeah, she looked great. She looked like she was going to win the championship tonight. It was it was nice to see. Certainly did. We do again get the um, thumbtacks out. Uh, Rosa gets put in the thumbtacks. Uh, Britt Baker tries to get her uh, in the lockjaw, but what does Rosa do to prevent the lockjaw, Ryan? Well, because it wasn't sunk in all the way. Oh, shut her jaw wasn't. Up fully open she was able to bite because it was still very close it had it been pulled farther down she would not have been able to bite correct the logic like only works every wrestling move <laughs> uh brit baker tries to reverse it that doesn't work either as thunder rosa just plunges her hand repeatedly into the tax that made me physically oh i know oh my god I was like, you maniac why? i was like why are we doing Girl. this anyway um Thunder Rosa is able to hit the fire thunder driver onto the tax uh, to pin Britt Baker and become your new AEW world uh, women's world champion. Um, you know, she's celebrating. She's emotional. Dustin comes out. Dustin Rhodes comes out, gives her a hug and congratulates her. Like, I think we all knew guys, if it's not Texas, when are they going to do this? Right. Yeah. So the only other thing that would have made sense would have been Pittsburgh, you know, but Britt would lose it at, at home. Uh, so, you know, I don't know. Listen, I didn't have a problem with this match. I thought it was done well. Uh, there was no interference. I thought it was really, really good. Uh, Kate, what did you think? I thought it was great. I obviously uh, am an emotional dork when it comes to Rosa. So this was really special moment. Uh, I think... You know, I wish it happened at the pay-per-view, to be honest. I'm glad that we got this moment, but I it felt like a pay-per-view caliber blow-off. But that hometown pop was very loud and real, so I think it was probably very special for her to be at home. Love Brit's tribute gear. The match was great. I thought they did a really good job. They told a great story. The tacks make everything so much cringier. It was a nice callback, though, to the Lights Out match because I think that was a pivotal moment for the women's division as up and down as the rain has been, it certainly seems like they at least started to make an effort at that point. Um, 
but yeah, I thought this was great. I'm very excited for the Thunder Rosa reign. I think it'll be fun to have a heel or a face women's champion again. Sorry. And see who her challengers are. Um, it is nice that we can reset now and have um, fresh feuds because Britt really did run through everyone and then some. So they didn't really do a good job building feuds. So the challenger of the month club was getting a little empty over there. I am very glad that this moment happened. I'm glad that the match was really good and that it didn't go out on something that was like overbooked or just not clicking because Britt has had some of those admittedly. But um, this was a great way to close out the show. I'm glad it was in a steel cage. I'm glad it was in Texas if it wasn't going to be on a pay-per-view. Very excited to see what this era holds because I think Thunder Rosa is just screams champion i think this is going to be a a very special chapter of her career and hopefully upward progress in the women's division shlong what'd you think of the match so a couple things one the match was awesome so i'm going to establish no one i'm not going to try to criticize a great match uh first i don't know who makes brit's gear but the turnaround on it must be insane because either she's super lucky and had that design and just pulled it out, or that's just amazing timing because, dear God, to have that ready for tonight. I mean, only on Monday did she find out. So, uh, Thunder Rosa coming out to the mariachi band, the all-female mariachi band. with the, the There's a Thunder Rosa pop. I mean, it's, it's her hometown, so she got it louder, but it exists everywhere. She yeah. gets some Here's of the loudest reactions. Yeah. She's really second only to like the very upper tier of, of people. And and she's there, but I'm trying to think maybe Danielson gets higher, but like Adam Cole, Adam Cole, Adam Cole probably gets the last I've heard, but like she's up there. Um, match was really fun. I like, I was annoyed until I, until I saw, realized the reason they did it, that they had the ref bomb. So um, Aubrey could come out so that there was a female ref to have the last moment because it made sense that she didn't start the match because she doesn't ref. Britt Baker matches because Britt Baker thinks that she's out to get her. So you had to have a reason for her to get in the ring and keep the consistency. So it was a nice little, cause it didn't affect the match. So it was a nice little thing to let them all share that moment together. Um, and plus it gives Britt Baker the conspiracy angle when she um, wants to talk about losing. The, I saw, I think it was Jarrett Bailey say it on a, uh, on Twitter that the thumbtacks do need to go away for a little bit now though. Like, Let's yeah. take a few feuds off for them. I'll let them sit and cool down. And then the next, because they will start, they've already started to, to wear out. Now this feud, it made sense because these two kind of define themselves by it, but like the next few, just let it go. Yeah. yeah. There were like three pay-per-views in a row where they had the tax in the mouth spot. And I know other people that were complaining about like enough with the eating the tax spot. It's too much. Yeah. Like this um, is luster. <laughs> so I, I love that. I love that the cage was used to be a cage. Um, apparently that's why they went with the smaller, the weapons under the cage is why they went with a smaller ring tonight so that the cage could go outside of it. But I just like that AEW is like, no, well, point of a cage match is to stay in the cage, not to. And I like that that Brit tried to get out. She wasn't going to win, but she didn't want to be there. So I and really And you could retain by DQ in that way. Yeah. So it made right. sense. Yeah, it was perfect. So I, I really enjoyed this and Thunder Rosa deserved it. I'm so excited to see what's next. This was a long time coming. I with Kate, it felt like it should have happened at the pay-per-view, but at the same point, you would not have gotten the same reaction there. 
that you got here. So I get why they wanted it here. They should have done something then to to get you. This shouldn't have been a last minute change. There should have been plotted out a little bit better. But this was amazing. All the small things they did were perfect. Um, I love Dustin were... coming in too. Sorry, I forgot to mention that. That what a sweet moment that was. He's apparently like the whole, the like the biggest influence they say on the on the women's division. Like they all rant and rave about him, how much he looks out for him. And I think I was watching or reading. I don't know if I was reading or watching something Thunder Rosa was in where she said like he's her only trainer right now. Like he's the one who yells at her to keep going, go harder, do this, do that. Like so, that's a very sweet moment. Um, he's he's pretty critical to the women's division, which has been improving. So really, he's had a good impact. I guess whenever he decided to finally take that over. Not saying he's booking it, but like have more influence. Um, these two clearly have chemistry, so it goes to show that the reason that their revolution match wasn't that great was because of the last minute changing and them not knowing how to get from A to B or A to C without B. Like they didn't have the plot. So this was perfect. I, I really enjoyed it. And now I'm just and the new belt makes it look better. So such better, such better belt. It is a great belt, uh, and nobody more deserving that I could think of than Thunder Rosa to carry the torch from here on out. They did go right up to the end uh, with this, and I think even there were points at the end of this match where Aubrey was like, get in the ring. <laughs> like, we got to go home. <laughs> um, so what a fun match. Um, I think this is – I think their number one is going to be the unsanctioned match just for what that was. And then they even showed clips of that, um, or I'm sorry, not the unsanctioned, the lights out match. They showed clips to that, and I totally forgot because it seemed like so long ago. There was just the wrestlers in the crowd, so they did that in front of nobody. Oh God, wow, just crazy, just crazy. Uh, so guys, that is the end of Dynamite. But they did mention that Friday night uh, Rampage. We will get uh, Darby Allen versus The Butcher, uh, Layla Hirsch versus Red Velvet. The friends now become enemies. Um, Bear Country. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, some little flame guy, Fuego Del Sol, mm-hmm. uh, is going to go against the House of Black. So, sorry, Fuego, you're going to stay a loser. Uh, and then. Fuego's going to die. Fuego's going to die. And then Keith Lee uh, is going to be fighting Max Caster. Now, that is the Friday Night Rampage. They also uh, did make mention, obviously, if you're following college basketball, this is March Madness. So um, it will be 1130 Eastern uh, or immediately following the basketball game, depending on, I guess, what happens first. I hope it's the fastest basketball game in the world as somebody that does a live post show. (laughs) (laughs) Starting you, at twelve thirty. Oh my god, are you really doing it at twelve thirty? Because they yeah. pushed me. Oh my goodness. And I think we're doing one stream. We were going to split that and smack down up, but I was like, "Fuck it." Yeah, <laughs> just do it. So rampage Friday night will be late, but uh, set your DVRs if you can't watch it live. So guys, uh, only a couple things, some news and notes. Uh, I think it came out sort of late last week after we did our show that, um, you know, obviously the Briscoe brothers have some uh, history. Uh, In 2013, uh, Jay Briscoe sent out a a tweet about gay marriage, 
Ring of Honor sort of like distanced themselves. Uh, and the controversy kind of went away. Um, uh, but um, there was a uh, recent uh, report that indicated a uh, person of influence at, at Warner Media uh, now basically instructed Tony Khan to nix his plans to sign the Briscoes to AEW because of the past uh, tweets that did go out. Uh, there was a, a podcast, the Battleground podcast, part of the Fight Club network. Um where they were on, they were kind of talking about this. And Jay said, uh, I put out a tweet nine years ago, dumbest, immature, obnoxious shit I've ever done, blah, blah, blah. So they're doing their rounds of apologizing and they started on that podcast. So, um, so we'll see what happens. I mean, I think I would think they have to show up at the ring of honor event, right? They have the belts, so they probably have to defend those belts. Yeah, I mean, it's tough now because they're owned by AEW. I would right. think a non-televised event, they would at least let them drop them there, I would hope. Um, but we're not going to be seeing FTR and the Briscoes on television, I don't think. I don't know if ROH will have the same rules for the Briscoes even to be there then, you know? And right. while it is that one homophobic com tweet that they did apologize for there are is also imagery of them with confederate flags and stuff out there so i think it is like they might have isolated this one thing but there are other things that i think a network television executive would consider problematic that like probably wasn't as bad and probably would be considered okay with a character 15 years ago maybe um i let everybody draw their own lines but to me and i i said this before like it does feel hypocritical as a woman that like signing Jay Lethal was all right, but this is not like that. It feels like a double right. standard. I'm not even saying which side of that double standard they should be on, but I'm saying it feels like a double standard. No, I I agree with you there. Shlong, anything to add to the uh, Briscoe situation? Not really. I mean, it's not. I hate to. It's not on me to forgive them because I'm not part of the community that they would have been hurting um that being said <laughs> um what that happened? Being, i don't know i don't know what it is and i can't find it <laughs> oh it's a bug ew <laughs> yum ew eat it it's protein bro it's a stink bug no thank you um where the fuck are they coming from Anyway, they're coming from that? inside the house. This is like the second one, third one I found today. I don't know where they're coming from. Warm weather, but, baby. Yeah, but they like to go outside for the warm weather. Yeah, but You're anyway, I am gross. They um, <laughs> Briscoe. It's not me. It's not me to forgive them. It, it's up to whoever. Uh, I do think there is some discussion on like what apologies we accept, what apologies we don't accept, how sincere. Some people didn't like that they referenced their religion in the apology. Some people did. Um, I actually didn't mind that part because it actually shows growth that you're like trying to under keep your faith by these beliefs in different places. But again, I'm not the one affected by this. So it's really easy for me to sit here and say like, oh, I forgive him or I don't. And I, my life doesn't change what they, what they say. If they influence people to feel one way or another, it won't hurt me. 
So I think it's on, you know, not on, it's for the community that they affect to, to whether they want to or not. That being said, the double standard is important. We need to acknowledge it. And if there's a reason why someone like Jay Lethal is allowed and they're not, that should be given. And it, and I'm not saying there is, because right now it does appear to be just pure double standard, which needs to be addressed. Well, it's int- it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Briscoes because they do have those Ring of Honor titles, so they're going to have to drop them or relinquish them at some point. But honestly, guys, I didn't really have anything else. Um, either you guys have any news or notes you'd like to drop? Uh, no, actually. A quieter week this week. Well, then you know what that means. We're going home. Kate, why don't you tell the people where you're going to be? Oh, man, you can find me on Friday so late. Technically Saturday at 1230. Sean is out this week because he had dental surgery, but Jarrett Bailey is sitting in. Uh, catch us at 1230 Reviewing Smackdown and AW Rampage on Fight Club YouTube channel. You can also catch me on Tuesdays doing Sour Graphs after the abomination that is NXT 2.0. Uh, with Alex Pulowski, also on Fight Club. Um, and earlier today, I did Pillar to Post on Fightful, normally on Fightful Overbooked, but this week on the regular Fightful YouTube channel, which was our version of Around the Horn. It was super fun. Go check it out. And then, of course, every Wednesday that I don't have COVID or my face ripped off by my dog, I'm here with my Mark Order pals. Face ripped off by your dog? What are you talking I about? Mean, you got lubies. What I got, my... My lubies, my boobs on my lips. There you go. There you go. Shlong, uh, what do you got to tell the people about? Every Monday and Tuesday, you can find me live tweeting Dark and Elevation from Mark Order Pod's Twitter account, which is at Mark Order Pod. The rest of the time, you can find me there still just bullshitting. That's about all I do. And then find me here on Wednesdays. So, you know, other than that, so Shlong and good night. Well, just a reminder to everybody uh, hit up our socials, hit that link tree. Request your free stickers. Uh, all you got to do is um, give us your name, your mailing address, and the country you live in, and we will send out these awesome, brand new, free Water Podcast stickers. Uh, so, like I said before, you just give us your address. I'll take care of the rest. We'll send them anywhere in the world. So, just submit uh, your name and address. And we'll go from there. I'm going to need Ryan to have two round ones. Or actually, Matt takes his shirt off all the time. Yes. We should have Matt. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, they're not going to be on my nipple, so give that to Matt. Yeah, Matt yeah, will actually can... do it. I was making a joke, but Matt will really do it. He will do it. <laughs> he will. We could put one of, but we could put one of each on his nipples and be like, request these stickers at blah, 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 blah. And he could be laying like Shawn Michaels, but still have his pants on. Yeah, yeah, not uh, not like the Peter Steele Playgirl fucking Sorry. centerfold. Peter Steele, rest in peace. Typo negative. Uh, well, I don't have anything else going on either. You could just find me here Wednesday nights on the Mark Order podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Ant Money or Instagram at oh, Ant Money. Hey, I'm Matt. I'm too good to show up on Wednesday nights, but you could catch me on Mondays at the Shining Wizards podcast. Matt, Matt, Matt. Man, I didn't realize Matt showed up. Boy, Matt came in late. Yeah. Blitz. Cameo. 
I don't know why we're fucking plugging Matt. He doesn't even bother to show up. But uh, Kate's right. Monday night, Shining Wizards podcast. Um, They have a lot of fun over there. And uh, if you uh, hit up their socials, they have a link to their Discord server. Why don't you jump in if you're a wrestling fan? It's a lot of fun. We have channels about all wrestling, uh, you know, music, movies, Marvel Universe, comic books, whatever, regular books, DDP Yoga. Jump in. As long as you're fun and you like to uh, chat with other fans, you'll have a good time. If not, you're going to have a bad time. <laughs> uh, if you you've... pizza when you're supposed yeah. to french fry, you're not going to have a good time. That's right. You're pizzaing when you should french fry. So, uh, for the Holy Triumvirate, I'm Ant Money. Thanks for joining us tonight. Kate Ryan, a lot of fun. Thanks for coming in here and chatting tonight. Thank you, Father and Son. Well, I can only be one. Father, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. There you go. Oh, my goodness. See what she did there, Ryan? She's like, I'm going to (laughs) be the most important one. She's like, everywhere at once. That's me. My I'm the one people pray to, so what the hell? Well, I guess. <laughs> All right, folks. Catch us here next week. Maybe we're going to be a fearsome foursome again. We'll see what happens. But episode 52 next week, I guess that's a milestone. It's been a year worth of episodes. So Woo-hoo! see what happens next week here on the Mark Order Podcast. <laughs> This concludes the Mark Order Podcast. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Join the Mark Order.